Beautiful. Well, beautiful. <laughs> back from a trip it's yeah it's been a while for us in real life um yeah, but also a while for you guys because you've never met us before. yeah actually that's not true you met us two weeks ago in our pandemic yeah video. we have one other video that is like a completely different everything and that's fine <laughs> we're going on the fly and we're making it happen and we're deciding choices and you guys will be deciding choices yeah. based off of what you care about because <laughs> we talk about all this stuff anyway <laughs> yeah we do okay um and that's part of why one of our first things we wanted was to be like us discussing a piece of media that has like a ton of meaning because we oh like talking about intention and meaning and we I remember when Westworld first came out and mm -hmm. everyone was freaking out about it, including you, and you were like, Bro, you have to watch this and I was like, Yeah, I'll watch it someday. And then I watched half of an episode with you mm -hmm. and I had to leave and I just never picked it back up again. And then recently I was like, Oh, I think I'm ready to watch Westworld. I'm, I'm ready for it. That happens all the time because I've also been watching Severance and you still, still have not checked it out. <laughs> Which, it's fine. Because I also, we both consume media like an aggressive pace. Oh, yeah. Well, sporadically, but also when we do it, I feel like we really do it. Like, yeah. we really do it. <laughs> so, um, I am very excited that you actually checked it out. And actually, it's funny because you saw season three before I did. Because yeah. I didn't actually finish season three. <laughs> um, I think like a lot of fans probably, frankly, or maybe not. We'll get into that. It doesn't, you know. No, I think it's true. I think mm -hmm. it's true. Not not everybody went for season three, but I think every season has such a different story arc that you kind of have to pick which you have to pick which ones really grab you. Yeah, and so my thing with Westworld because obviously it came from the original movie. Actually, there was a book. There was a book. Yeah, first there was off. a book okay. first, and then there was a movie, and then there was a sequel. Sheesh. I have yeah, not there, there seen or read any of them. I there's a bunch of like summary movie people on YouTube, and mm -hmm. I've seen Westworld through that, like through <laughs> a movie summary. I would say like ninety percent of the content I consume at this point is just summaries. Of That's so funny. Content. It I. <laughs> I like watching the full thing because obviously there's so much to experience, but it's also like, a bitch is busy. Like, I got <laughs> stuff to do. It's time oh. consuming. It's true. Oh my gosh. When we, we were planning on filming this like a week and a half ago mm -hmm. and I was, I think I just finished season one and I was like, I don't know how I'm going to get through two seasons before we film this, but we pushed it back. So we it's pushed okay. it. <laughs> it's, it's just impossible. Like it's impossible to watch. It, it's like, Okay, we're both fans of Love Island, and <laughs> watching that show, it's just, like, the largest trial in my life. Yeah! It's like, having to actually watch what, it's, like, 40 hours of content. Yeah, it is. Especially Love Island, because yeah. it's, like, 50 episodes a season. Yeah. It's insane. And all the characters are, like, switching out all the time. Yeah. You get emotionally invested. Ugh. It's a mess. But that's, a, that's a different video. <laughs> that's a very different video. We have so much to say about all the seasons of Love Island. But... But back to Westworld. West <laughs> uh, this is something that I watched in college. So I watched it when it was coming out, pretty much. Um, and I was obsessed. Literally, like, it was my freshman year. It was kind of a social event. Like, everybody would get together and watch Westworld. And then we would theorize. And it was a really fun experience at that time. And that's the thing. Like, Westworld, to me, the true core of Westworld is, like, so sick. It's just so yeah, cool. Yeah, it is. And when it started, I think that's absolutely what it was. I don't know if it's, like, maintained that, 
It's like interesting watching all three seasons now after the world has had such an abrupt change, mm. especially. Yeah. Because they talk about dystopian times and it's like, wow, like some of that stuff we've actually seen in recent times. And yeah. That I think I enjoyed. Well, I don't know if enjoyed is the right word because it's like existential dread, but. Um, I love existential dread. <laughs> Honestly. In, as much as I love existential dread too, I think that it was really interesting and um, illuminating watching it mm-hmm. now as opposed to when it originally came out. Well, I don't know when the third season came out, actually. The third season, it was it was pre-pandemic, I believe. Like, okay. it was right before. I could be wrong. They have, if, if it was before. I think it was before. And that's why this season has gotten pushed so far back. Because Westworld is a crazy one to film. Like, it wouldn't be... Yeah, it is crazy to Especially film. this But, like, they have point. people in masks and stuff. I think the show gets deeper and deeper into almost... Like, we are in, I would say, an age of not only information, but also data. Like, yes. what we are in yes. is an informational... By the minute, we're seeing statistics, we're seeing information, like, constantly. And the entire point of it was basically collecting data on human beings. Oh, yeah. spoiler, we are officially, I think, going into spoilers, even though we oh, kind of yeah, already have. Yeah. <laughs> um, but spoilers from here on out for all of Westworld, those of you who actually made it through all of it. <laughs> all three seasons. Um, but yeah, I think also in the, like, vein of collecting data, it's not a secret at this point if you're on the internet in any way. A lot of people have your information. And so I always thought it was interesting, like, in the first season, how everybody was so willing to just do all of this stuff around computers. And I'm like, do you not think that's logging you? Do you not think that there's going to be a record of you, like, raping and pillaging? Like, my goodness. It's like they don't care. But that's the thing, because it lets you, it allows you to be in a world, like, you can override the human mind to an extent, mm-hmm. but you're not looking at a computer. You're not looking at a screen. You're touching a human being. It's true. And so that, I feel like, would be really hard to, like, process and move past, honestly. But you have to recognize that it's a machine, because if you're not, then you wouldn't be doing the stuff that you'd be doing to it, you know? I guess, but like I if think... if you're it's... fine with killing people, then you wouldn't need to go to Westworld, you know? Well, that is the thing, though. I think, and this is not, like, 100%, but I would argue probably a lot more people are cool with killing people than are not. Like, like in the right circumstances. We are in a society where nobody has to deal with hard shit like that, but I think when they're thrust in that world, part of it is, like, blowing off steam or whatever. But also, I think a lot of people, and the majority of the guests probably don't, do it in such a horrible way. Like, I think the park experience was meant to make you feel like a hero. So the people you were killing a lot of times were robbers. The people you were sleeping with were prostitutes. Like, it was all acceptable, I guess. Yeah, I get that. I get that. But I think that kind of brings us to an interesting point, is what demographic of people would come here? So it's $40,000 a day. They say that at one point. Logan says that. Mm -hmm. So this is, you know, 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. It was, well, actually, okay. okay, so I mapped it out, I mapped it out, the timeline, mm-hmm. and the current day Westworld takes place in, in 2058. Yes, yeah. So 30 years before it would be 2028, mm-hmm. um, which means Westworld was, like was started right. around this time, mm-hmm. because it was started four or five years before um, young William gets to Westworld. Yeah, which I think or at also least Arnold died four years before William gets to Westworld. So 
however long he was alive for is when it started, which means it starts right about in 2022, 2023. So in today's dollar, it would be $40,000 a day. Well, it's just for the uber wealthy. I think it's a commentary on that because that is kind of the age we're living in where the difference in someone... Income inequality. Yeah, the difference in income inequality is massive. And so I think people, like if we had this today... I'm certain that obviously like the Jeff Bezos and the Elon Musk and stuff would go and then invest and literally be William. But also <laughs> we have, we have really wealthy families in America. Yeah. Like a lot of old money people that I think would absolutely go to it. But here's, here's the other things though, right? It's not just the money that's a barrier, but it's also like to spend that much money to do something. It has to be something that you wouldn't do in the real world, you know? So the kind of demographic it would attract would be the people who naturally are prone to be killers or sex offenders. I don't feel that way at all. Really? I don't know. That's, I, do not I mean, they keep that. saying it's a family-friendly thing, and I was like, I don't think so. Like, what would you? Why would you pay that much money to do something that you could do in the real world? Why do people go to Disney? But you can't ride roller coasters anywhere. Well, you can't meet the Disney characters anywhere. But that's what I mean. Like, you can't meet these characters and live these stories. It's essentially, it's like a VR experience. And people, I mean, obviously people play, like, Fruit Ninja. But people also go (laughs) in there and just, like, they go in and, like, see worlds. Like, my favorite game was, like, the plank experience where you would walk off the plank. Mm. And the reason is it's because it causes adrenaline. It causes fear. Like, I don't think it's, like, weirdos. I think it's the exact same people who would go see a horror movie. It's, like... It's a fantasy realized in that you, it is real adrenaline, it's real excitement, it feels real. I don't think that everybody, like what we saw was specifically graphic, one, because of the narrative of the show, was very graphic. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and The Man in Black. But I do think that like the baseline idea of it is just entertainment, which I don't think anyone has to be a freak to want to go and like live out their cowboy fantasy i feel like that's a really normal thing and for me like i probably wouldn't care about westworld itself but there's other worlds other parts i may be more interested in although now that they've talked about a lot of the other parts none of them are really that sound good yeah there's one that i still don't know about but Mm -hmm. they've introduced they introduced shogun world in Mm -hmm. season two they introduced the um the world that trains like military and police officers in season three, which is park five. <laughs> and then, and then, what else do they have? And then there's Westworld. And then they show some people from like a Renaissance era. And I was thinking like, I've been to the Renaissance Festival a million times. So I was thinking like, maybe I would do something like that. But you know what park I would go to that I would pay that kind of money for? A park that I could do magic, you know? Yeah. Like if you could fun. like move things with your mind. There's this one scene in epi- in the first season where Ford, who has control over everything, um, is going like this and moving a host snake. And I'm like, if I could do that, I would pay that much money for it. But I can't imagine going to any other, any of the other places. Yeah. <laughs> I also can't imagine bringing my kid to any of the other places. I can. I just think, I mean, it's like anything else. It's word of mouth. And that's the thing. Like, I've gone to Disney, like, once, and I was like, this is lame. I don't, I don't like theme parks. I don't, but I also, like, I get the point of going to an entertainment center. Because that's the thing. I, it's literally, like, you are seeing a shootout in front of you. You are going into a saloon. You're living out this experience that is a fantasy for a lot of people. And I also want to say mostly men. Men are really into the Wild West. From what 
I have experienced in my life. Like, every <laughs> single man that I've ever met is, like, very passionate about the Wild West. There's a reason that games like Red Dead Redemption were so freaking huge. Because guys just want to get on a horse. Oh, War World. That's the other one. So. Oh, I don't um, That's not important. <laughs> so, I just feel like... I, I understand why people would want to do this. It's a fantasy. And it's like, yeah, if you get to, like, fuck somebody and it's not technically cheating and you get to kill someone and feel like a hero, mm -hmm. like, I understand why a human being would want that kind of validation and experience. It's that there's no consequences and that's the ideal life for any human. I mean, why is life worth living? Because we know we're going to die. These creatures can't. Like, the host can't die. Mm -hmm. And so we get to know that. It's like the cognitive dissonance that erases that. And that's what I mean. I think that, like, yeah, most of humanity isn't going to go on a killing spree, but most of humanity has intrusive thoughts about everything all of the time. So if it's like, here is a safe space that you can explore that part of you, that side of you, but remaining, like, completely safe, I would totally do that. I'm like, that would be so much fun. But also, yes, you're I mean, talking from a perspective of someone who doesn't have 40K extra dollars to spend. Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. if you had that money, why not? And so that's why I'm like, yeah, I don't think they're marketing to us. But anybody who has that kind of money, absolutely. Like, I would love to do something like that. <laughs> I think it's so cool. It's such a cool idea. And I think the trick is it's so – it's literally, like, social media, right? I think that in large part, parks like this are trying to be representative of how it's like, look, have this fun experience. There's no consequences. But also, we're tracking everything about you. We're building <laughs> versions of you inside of the computer because it's actually what – tech companies are doing they build yeah. these little archetypes and imagine what they do with their days and when they'll die and then go off yeah and so that's why i'm like the fact that we use twitter means that we would go to westworld like that's kind of how i feel i guess i mean like you said i don't have an extra forty thousand dollars to spend a day but mm. i just have a hard time i mean that's the best pitch i've ever heard for it a way to live out your intrusive thoughts yeah. in a non-consequential way. Um, I do think an interesting question is, like, is it cheating if you sleep with a host? In my opinion, probably. It's one of those things where it's uh, like... It's like, in okay. theory, I'm like, I guess, but also, no. Because cheating... <laughs> okay, it's one of those things that's like, is it cheating? No. But is it cool? Also no. Also and no. I don't know if any everybody would agree with that. And certainly there's some couples who I think would be super okay with it. And there's also polyamor and blah, 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 blah. that would be fun. Oh my gosh. I bet if a couple went and they were like, we want to try a threesome, but not with a real human being. I think that is definitely yeah. true. Like having a third like for a threesome, I think it makes a lot of sense. But I don't know. I certainly like wouldn't want to be there. Yeah. You know? It's also like, like if my significant other was there to do that. Like, oh. there to have sex with people. Like, I wouldn't want to be on that trip. Yeah, I guess, I think it's just different for every person. I wouldn't either, probably. Yeah. Well, I, that's, I think that, for me, also, having sex is, like, arguably the most boring thing. I'm like, how boring is your at-home sex life? That you need to go <laughs> like, fuck a robot. Like, just have sex well, at I home. Assume, I feel and like, go and, like, single. Go into the mountains and shoot guns. I'm like, that I have to fun. say, okay, so in season two, when you meet uh, William's daughter, she's there because she's hunting Bengal tigers. And I'm like, you can't hunt Bengal tigers in the real world. So I'm like, that is also an example of something that you, you a reason someone would go. You can't live in the Wild West. Yeah, I mean. Which yeah. is appealing to men. 
To men. No, I, I think know. women too. It's appealing to some people. I also don't care about the Wild West though. Like, <laughs> I don't I care about the Wild West at all. Um, but it's it's an archetype for a reason. It's like a massive archetype. It's like. I do think, okay, plumbing. I will I mean, I say, they do have plumbing. no, they have plumbing in the world. Yeah, they have plumbing. Like, also, they especially have plumbing in, like, this world. Uh, but <laughs> it's, like, I think if it was made in this day and age, there would be, like, a superhero world. There would be, like, an underwater, it would be different. Because when this book was made, the Wild West was a way bigger archetype. The Wild That's West still true. is big. But, like, if this was written today, I think it would be about, like, superheroes and That's pop stars and shit. Yeah, magic, bro. Yeah. Give me some magic. I want to be able to shoot fire out of my hand. And if I can't, I don't want it. But yeah, season one is wild. Season one is its own complete story arc. For me, I think that... The show ends at season one. Yeah, the show ends at season one, frankly. Uh, But I think it's an issue that a lot of shows run into. I think it's kind of like the Lost Effect, where there's a really specific idea that is executed very well and then there needs to be more narrative. Uh, I understand, I think thematically, they understood where they were going with this show, and they continued on with these themes of like depersonalization, and do we have free will, and what is human nature, and they go into that, but the path they take to get there, it kind of felt like it just turned into an action movie, Like, and there was nothing else. The nuance was a little bit gone for me. And there was so much nuance in that first season. Mm-hmm. There's so much. Like, the first, yeah, for me, it it's West, that's Westworld. It's like, the first season. Yeah, I was watching the summary, mm-hmm. like, re-watching, and the amount of excitement I felt. I was like, <laughs> season one, you're like, what's going on? What is happening yeah. with everything? And that was so cool. And the way they explained it. I was like, eh. I think, I think season, I think you're right that season one is the most iconic part of Westworld, and it's the best story start to finish, having everything come together mm-hmm. at the end. They did that extremely well, and, like, keeping you guessing and all of that stuff. Um, I think, I know, like, it does feel like it just kind of turned into an action movie, and I think that there's certainly elements of that. You're definitely not wrong. By season three. Especially, yes. yeah. However, I do think that that kind of is the story that makes sense. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel like they pushed the narrative farther than it was supposed to go. It just feels like they continued the story. The entire time, okay, <laughs> when I was watching season one, I wasn't really pro-Dolores mm-hmm. because I was like, this is a robot that does not need to be sentient and is on the way to being sentient and has a lot of reasons to be vengeful against humans. So I'm like, this is not going to end well. Like, there's no version of this that ends well. Especially after the whole William is the man in black and, like, she's been in this cycle for 30 years and that whole arc came. Mm -hmm. I was like, there there just isn't going to, this isn't going to be good. Dolores is not Mm -hmm. going to be a friend to humans. And then she wasn't. She went on a murderous rampage in season two. And I was like, yeah, I don't really care about watching this as much, but this is what would happen. It just felt like necessary, or I don't know if necessary is the right word, but it did feel like the natural next step if you weren't going to jump in time. My problem is regardless of the narrative, season one, I think, is the only season that properly handled the time jumps. 
It was the I only think that's one. definitely true. It was con- like it was a 30 year span, but you still felt like even though you didn't understand what was going on, maybe you felt grounded the entire time. Like you knew the characters I... and what was going on. Whereas season two, like first off, their time jump was weak. It was like I hate time jumps where it's only like a week or two away and so it just removes all of the urgency and that's like all that it does and then season three it was just like oh i don't think there were there weren't yeah there well i mean there was the whole jesse everything or not jesse i don't know his name oh the guy (laughs) yeah um, caleb caleb yeah Um, about his past yeah yeah but like you knew there were memories like there was no question about it i don't know i feel like they were still going into time but just worse just worse worse didn't happen yeah i don't know it wasn't terrible i under i think it 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 is i mean first season was a western second season was a war movie and then third season was a spy thriller that's really what it ended up yeah that is what it feels like season three was definitely i have to say season three is where i started liking dolores that's i was like she is boss ass right i did not have that experience i had exactly the opposite experience because when i watched season one i i think like how they wanted me to feel was very conflicted (laughs) about supporting like i mostly supported the host and for me a large part of that was mave it was actually not dolores dolores i think was the main character but i was all about mave mave is my girl she was sick yeah i love everything about her like i loved her character i loved her well i didn't love all of her arcs eventually but i liked that she was dealing with this knowledge of I know that this is not my daughter, but I am still like this is still what drives me. Yeah, I feel like she had a level of acceptance, and that's why I'm like I kind of disagree that this is where it had to go because I'm like Dolores was angry, but they weren't all that angry. Not all of them, but it doesn't take all of them. There weren't that many revolutionaries, but she found enough people to slaughter half no, but I'm saying all the yes. Yeah, but I'm saying she didn't have to be. Like, that's how it went. But I think the whole revolutionary thing, I don't know. I I also didn't love the whole Wyatt thing in season one in general. Because I like, well, I love the idea of the character, like, if the characters push at the brink, it's because of them. I didn't like that it was like, we just shoved two people into you and that's where this came from. I was like, it doesn't feel like, I'm like, where where did it come from though? Then it's just written away by narrative instead of emotional beats for me. I guess that's true. And that's why Dolores stops being Dolores, essentially. Yeah, she does. She becomes Wyatt Dolores. Yeah. (laughs) Like, the whole time, which is okay, but, and I guess that's also why it's so hard to, like, know the personalities of these characters. Yeah, that's really, I mean, we talked about doing personality typing, and, like, we'll we'll talk about it, but with the the hosts, it's really hard because their personality changes. Almost Mm -hmm. all of them, their personality changes throughout. Maeve literally changes her personality herself Mm -hmm. and they're all kind of forced into a submissive position the entire time yeah like even if they want to change it's not like they can because most yeah they'll they'll just forget it Mm -hmm. they'll just forget set it and forget it the beats in season one i feel like some of the biggest things were bernard being a host and what that was like a good like shocking like oh i i kind of guessed that he was gonna be a host based off the fact that he had like been there forever and was ford's right hand man and i was like "Mm, why wouldn't he be a host i don't know about that yeah um so i was like maybe especially after okay so in the first episode the very first episode you don't Mm -hmm. know that teddy is a host until the end until man in black Mm -hmm. shows up and so after that happened, and I was like, okay, it's not clear who's a host and who's not, I was like, Bernard is sus. 
He's sus. He was the most sus. I was also, because I was watching during the, like, everyone had a theory yeah. era. So that's also why it was, like, everybody thought Bernard was. Really? So, yeah, like, okay, out okay. of the host. That's, I'm that not was special, the, guys. <laughs> no, you might be. I just think, like, he was the one that was, like, had the most mystery shrouded. Yeah. And also his past was very lacking almost mm-hmm. like his backstory about his son it was very surface level mm-hmm. um but like for the character intentionally because he was not a real human being but it's also like to me it's hard for me to distinct between a human being and a host because i think that <laughs> is the main one of the main points that the show is trying to say if you can't that, tell does it matter yeah and also that we do have free will but every choice we make is leading us down a path Every single choice we make is leading us somewhere yeah. that is essentially not predetermined by any specific thing, but predetermined because we know the consequences of actions. Yeah. Yeah. What what I absolutely did not see coming at all was William being the man in black. Not even a little bit. Oh, I had I no that. idea oh. that they were like different like I didn't like I thought that they may be like a little bit off, like mm-hmm. you know, like a week or two off, but I had no idea that it was drastically different timeline. That's what's so that good about season me. one. That shook me to my core. Cause I was like, not only was it like, oh my gosh, this sweet William like turned out to be a psychopath, basically. But that's but not only that, but it was mm-hmm. the fact that they had done these cycles over they had been mm-hmm. fighting this fight for 30 years. That's mm-hmm. shocking. Yeah, that's the that you start to that's why I felt a lot of sympathy for Dolores in season one. That was the main point I think I felt for her <laughs> and liked her because I was like, sheesh, yeah, you just have to keep going through this. It's the same thing, and you fall in love and you realize all of this. I I felt really bad for her. And then I stopped respecting her as she chose vengeance above all else. Because mm. I do think there's a place for vengeance. But for me, I mean, actually, I just saw The Northman and it was so good. Um, and so I can understand if that's someone's entire drive, I guess. But it felt like Dolores was just like, okay, I'm going to destroy everyone and everything then. And like, I yeah. guess that's fair. But that's a conclusion that I have a hard time coming well, I'm to, like, I guess. If you're being has 30 years of memories of being killed mm. in various ways and watching everybody kill around you and like yeah you would become murderous that you makes could sense to i me. think you could but that's the thing so did mave mave had the same well, thing she also killed a lot of people well, she did she kill killed a lot, a lot of people, of people. but it, her it was all about how she felt most comfortable i guess well, i she just, just had a different motive maybe wanted to find her daughter and dolores wanted revenge and to eventually get into the human world well it's just my personal like literally self-growth thing i guess that no matter what dolores wanted like going and this is so going on a vengeful murderous rampage isn't good for you like it's never (laughs) good and obviously it's not good for you but i mean she i feel like had to go through so much suffering because she wanted to inflict suffering which i thought was like specifically happened to Dolores and no other host actually went through exactly that I'd say and even like the Charlotte clone host whatever Mm -hmm. she like they have because in season three yeah because all of their motives are terrible and negative I think they have an awful time in pretty much all the rest of the seasons and that's why I didn't like it because it felt like there was no growth there for me oh I felt like there was so much growth because that's kind of what I was 
felt like they would be like the whole time in season one. I was like, these robots should not become sentient because this is not good for anybody. That's, I, that's mostly uh, when I realized it was 30 years, I didn't feel bad for Dolores. I was like, how the fuck has this company let this go on for so long? It's so irresponsible. That's, that's what so I interesting. felt. I was so, I was like, why would you endanger all these people's lives and continue the robots as they are? Like, why wouldn't you decommission them? That's so stupid. I didn't feel that way at all because for me, there's something so exciting about new life, I guess, new consciousness. I think consciousness is dope. I'm like, if we could find aliens, I don't give a shit yeah, if like they wipe girls. us out. Well, I, that's kind of, yeah, I kind of feel like, okay, so I also read this really amazing book a long time ago that I'm not going to spoil here, but... <laughs> That was so pointless to bring up then. Okay, uh, you should read uh, The Girl with All the Gifts. It's really good. Um, <laughs> and relevant. It is relevant. But I think I am okay with the idea of for evolution to happen, the old way has to burn down. And so in a way, it's not like I was pro-host and I'm like, fuck my own species. But if the hosts are going to be the next evolution of consciousness and humanity, then yeah, the human's got to go. That's tough. But it's just part of it. And that's how I've always seen evolution. And I know it's not me, but that is how I felt and how I kind of feel about the show itself, which is part of why later, like, they were so callous almost in the, we are going to just, like, kill half of the host or decommission or whatever, like, everybody. Mm -hmm. And that, for me, was more callous, I guess. And I do know what you mean because they don't, I guess, feel in the same way. But the whole goal is that they would feel in the same way. That was Arnold's goal, exclusively. I, and I think he was absolutely nuts. I love that one. Why would you give murder sex puppets emotions? Well, that's and, like, but they memories. weren't always murder sex puppets. And I think that was the point. That, like, the human condition is that humans always resort to being shitty. But he knew that it would they wouldn't be treated well because he wanted the park to be shut down. And then he died. But Basically, he wanted it to be shut down, and then in order to shut him down, he had Wyatt yeah, kill yeah. everybody, including himself, because mm -hmm. he was like, if there's a human death, they won't open the park, but Ford was like, fuck that, we're mm -hmm. going to open it anyway, because we've done all of this work and all of this, like, R&D, why on earth wouldn't we do it? And honestly, I was, like, kind of, like, with Ford until it turns out that he was basically doing everything Arnold wanted him to do by mm -hmm. freeing the hosts and I was like this doesn't make sense anymore but um it's like whatever. their children though and that's the thing it's like it is their children that's their creation and why wouldn't you want the best for them and the next evolution and that's I did not see that as like callous or evil I guess I saw Ford I thought he was a massive dick in the beginning I mean he, he like was he did a lot of dick yeah I mean um, I was never like Yes, Ford's the ultimate good guy. He's pretty. And I think Arnold time. was like idealistic, and I agree with you. But I still feel like, I don't know. A lot of people have gone through a lot of terrible things and can still grow from it and become better. And I think hosts could too. Yeah, but why would you subject someone to that on purpose? That's what they did. Yeah. Especially if Dolores was getting consciousness over and over mm -hmm. again for thirty years, like that, they were doing that on purpose. That's fair. And I then guess because Ford gave them their memories on purpose. It's because it made money. Was that it didn't get shut down? I don't Probably. think. I don't think I that think it, it would have made. Okay, well, I okay, guess it was I don't all... think the part. Okay, I've thought a lot about the finances of Westworld. Okay, and by the parks that are like Westworld, so like Westworld, Shogun World, not Warworld. I got that mixed up. Warworld was the simulation. The Raj is the other park, which is British mm -hmm. India. 
Which is also an interesting choice, but we can come back to that. So problematic. I'm like, why? Like, why? That's also what I thought about, like, how they represented Native Americans in the first season. I was like, I mean, I guess they're doing it because it would mostly appeal to... Well, and even now, I I was like, I thought there would be some, like, storylines with the Native Americans, and there weren't really with guests. No, there weren't. I think it was because it was so based on... This kind of obtuse idea of the Wild West. Yeah. That's, I mean, and that's kind of what I guess. So when they were showed British India, I was like, okay, I guess that's part Which of it Which is also too. why, okay, not to be, like, a revolutionary, but that's why I didn't care about the guests. Because I was like, you guys are all assholes. Like, you guys are all, you're paying all this money to go do all these terrible things. Like, okay, I don't respect you more than the people who are having terrible things happen to them. I'm like, I hope they do get out of this because this is fucked up. That's what I mean. Like, Dolores getting stuck in that. It shouldn't... Like, if they were going to be robots that people could do anything to, they should have been robots. In the first season, Lee Sizemore, who's the author, he's the head of narrative and he writes all the stories, or not all of them, evidently, but a lot of them, um, he was like, we should dial them back a bit, make them a little bit more robotic, make them a little less natural because do you really want to think he said like do you really want to think that your husband is fucking some other girl like Mm -hmm. no you don't want to actually think that you should make them less advanced and Mm -hmm. i agree with that i know i just feel so bad and and there's no there's no television series there yeah (laughs) i it's literally that i feel i feel and i empathize for the host because they're trying to build this consciousness and awareness which i really respect i don't know i just think it's almost on a level, I think every human being has to go through their own personal awareness journey, mm-hmm. I guess. Becoming aware of yourself and accepting your behaviors and who you are as a person and who you are you interact, dealing with all that, figuring all that out. I think that's something every human goes through. So for me, the host going through that, I was like, this is such a natural extension. I was like, this is so unnecessary. I thought it was great, though. I That's the thing. I also think progress is never unnecessary. That's not how I feel. Because I'm like, if we're not going to... But if progress, you, what are we doing? What's the point of any of this? But you can have AI that doesn't take over the world. Can you? I mean, you can, can if you? you put limits I've on yourself. I robot. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> but oh yeah. Anyway, the finances of Westworld. Oh. So based off of the, I'm not guest, shocked they make money. But go ahead. Based off the based off of the guest to host ratio, I can't imagine that the parks themselves are that profitable. So. Except for Park 5, which is uh, government contracts only, you know the military is shelling out that coin. Mm -hmm. So that one is probably profitable. But most of the money, which they actually continue to save throughout the first and second season, most of the profit is from the data that they're mining Mm -hmm. from everyone. Which does make sense. Yeah, which does make sense. I mean, that's how social media makes money too. Like, why can you have Instagram and Facebook and Twitter for Mm -hmm. free? It's because they're taking all of your information. Mm -hmm. We know that. And selling it, yeah. And selling it, which also makes me shocked why people would go there because I'm like... Well, it's... it's They're obviously capturing your information. But you're going at such... Like, because I understand, but that's such a rational perspective. Whereas, like, yeah, rationally, I can understand why I wouldn't go. But, like, emotionally, that would be dope. I think it would be dope. And I I think the... That effect of, yeah, but that would be dope is such a massive driving force for human beings. Like, all of the time. Because that's why, I mean, why do we do drugs and we know it's bad for us? Why do we eat fast food and we know it's bad for us? Why do we spend hours a day on social media and we know it's bad for us? Because it's fun. Right. But, like, they'll, those all have more clear benefits than going to watch Oh, I disagree. I'm like, I think that would be fun. 
I think it would be exciting. I mean, also, I think it would be cool to see somebody. Like, going to, like, mm-hmm. the, when they show the little Westworld resort area that's, like, not part of the parks, but it's, like, where the hotel is, and they, there's, like, a mm-hmm. pool, and it's where um, Lee gets drunk and meets Charlotte for the first time. That area where you're, like, casually interacting with hosts, I'm like, okay, I could see, like, mm-hmm. going to, like, a resort like that where like, all of the servers are hosts or something. You don't have to tip anybody. <laughs> you don't have to tip a single person, that's human. true. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I guess there's benefits to that. Truly. Well, I mean, we see automation in all of those kinds of, like, in lots of jobs anyway. Yeah, it's just yeah. not as advanced as having, like, a human replacement. I think it's it's also just the novelty. It's very similar to me. I think VR is the best example we have. Mm-hmm. That, like, whether or not you're buying a VR headset, most people, I think, are like, yeah, I want to try that. I want to experience it because experiences are cool. <laughs> Just having a yeah. new experience. And so that is why, like... I guess I would just have a really PG time if I were. Yeah, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like, there's so many storylines. They say there's lots of family We just don't see lines. a lot just, of them. We no. don't see any we of see them. We see one couple, and that's it. We see no children. Yeah. Oh, no, we do see a child. There's the family with the child um, who meets Dolores. There is a kid, though. Oh! Yeah. That she, like, thinks back to. I don't remember ever seeing it in it's season like one, though. It's, like, painting. I think it was when she was painting, and that kid comes oh, up yes! to her. There is a kid. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Yes, you're so right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we and see. When it, I we saw him, for I about was like thirty seconds. But I'm also okay. We don't. We okay. In season one, also, we didn't know what kind of world they lived in. So for me, it wasn't difficult to jump. Also, that if it was set in the future, they were likely going down this path of yeah. There's probably a lot of pollution. There's probably not a lot of green areas. Oh, there's probably a lot of cities. So people would want to go experience this like lush, ma- majestic landscape as well. I think also something that's funny, uh, something that they reveal, I think in season three, is that the parks take place in the South China Sea. Yeah. They're not actually in the Wild West. Like, they're not actually in the Western U.S. Well, yeah. Well, they couldn't be. They, they, we always knew it was on an island because Did you have know? to fly in. Yeah. You couldn't get, they talked about how um, oh, they do say there's like that, rotating they? shifts, basically, because you would have to come on the island and work for six months and then go home and like oh yeah i so did not catch that yeah i was just like yeah there's a whole lot of nothing in the western united states it's probably there well because you also sure there's the west but all the parks are attached so the climate is different for everyone but i was like but i was still like lots of land that's cheap but i didn't even think about the fact that why would it be in the u.s also there would be u.s like i don't think delo if they're in the ocean they they don't have the ocean slash like Maybe it's China's land. I don't know, but I mean, they don't care about human rights laws. Different. (laughs) It's just a different experience. Yeah. Yeah. No, I we knew it was on an island. That was actually a lot of uh, people were really curious about where it was located in the beginning. But that never. I mean, I was like interested, but it didn't really matter. No, it didn't matter because it's still happening. (laughs) Like it's still there wherever it happens to be. Yeah. It's still existing. Um, but also I think with like the bullet train, it was very clear that they needed a lot of space. Yeah. Like. Yeah. I have to, oh, that was another thing about the whole William being the man in black, and this has been happening for 30 years. Mm-hmm. That also, like, made me very, all of a sudden very aware of the fact that it's not the real world. Like, the fact that mm-hmm. everything looks exactly the same, all yeah. of the hosts look exactly the mm-hmm. same, like, I was like, oh. <laughs> oh. Oh, yeah, this actually is nothing like the real world. Yeah, which is really interesting, like, the and they, you don't see the real world until season three. And even so, I feel like the real world we see is, like, so limited. 
kind yeah. of. Well, I, they show they show I guess London, they, the they show stuff, yeah. LA, they show some of yeah some of the mm-hmm. Caleb stuff. Um, they show uh, Jakarta, Indonesia. I think that's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think they showed Jakarta. Um, and then. They mention Berlin, but I don't think they ever actually go sure. there. Sure. Um, but I still feel like I didn't get a... I didn't understand the world outside. I didn't really know how it was run. I think they were just kind of saying, like, now... Every, which I... Okay, also the whole, like, Reboam, whatever, the Reoboam. I hated that <laughs> oh, so It took me until watching an explanation video to be able to get the pronunciation. It's Rehoboam. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna say that. That's I just, okay. <laughs> I just feel like I don't know. I didn't like that. Plot I line. hated, I hated the idea that they were like, oh, and also there's this giant AI who everybody has to use, like, to stay in business and say It just felt like they were just like stealing from real life. I don't know. It wasn't like, but I'm, but I was it's like, why didn't you world. talk about this? Honestly, before? I thought it was absolutely brilliant. The new, the real world. I thought that every like little bit that they did connected so well with stuff that is already happening today that I was like, yeah, this does make sense that this would be I guess. It was too on the nose 35 for 35 years. Because I was like, this is us today. This isn't us in 35 years. Like, the stuff that was happening well, outside Well, we don't of. have a social credit score in the U.S. It does exist. Like, yeah. I'm not saying this doesn't exist in the world, but in the U.S. we do not have a social credit score. Yeah. And I think that that is the kind of defining uh, switch. I just feel like Black Mirror did it better. Um, Black Mirror always does it better. But third, the third season was very well. Honestly, all of these topics are very Black Mirror. But the third season was especially Black Mirror. Like I like when they were okay. So I haven't seen all of Black Mirror. I've seen some episodes, but um, I remember you telling me about this episode where um, you could have a someone that died could exist mm-hmm. again, and you can like talk to them and stuff. Yeah. And in the third season, Caleb is like talking to his friend Francis but it's not actually Francis it's just an AI using his voice Mm -hmm. and I was thinking about that just the similarities between the two Mm -hmm. because it's basically dystopian technological dystopia yeah and I like I think about a lot of other shows even like like upload or whatever Mm -hmm. I guess I just need to say that for okay the ideas were all fine but for a show like Westworld where they were really really getting into that like, the human consciousness and the free will and the, I don't know, acknowledgement of self. Like, all of these so interesting and mysterious ideas from Mm -hmm. season one just went away. For me, I mean, they explained it and they continued getting into the themes, but I felt like there was no hook for me anymore. And I'm still going to watch season four, but I just got bored. It was mostly that I was bored. very fair. It also gets exceedingly more complicated like yes. season three is very complicated i did not follow it the mm-hmm. first time and that's for seasons one and two i just watched a recap just to like refresh my memory for mm. seasons one and two but then when i watched season three i had to do like a recap and analysis of each episode because they're just like it's too much to cover in one video like yeah. a lot happens a lot happens and it was it's unnecessarily so complicated it's so complicated uh but i will say even in like season two i think they were still dealing with these really interesting moral things that i mean does happen in season three but like for example when man in black shoots his daughter i was like this is wild like that, that was, was insane. insane that was absolutely and the fact insane. that you never really know like you still never know like but i feel if like that was her or not 
Yeah, like you oh, do. I think it's pretty confirmed it was her. Well, yeah, but because you see him on the outside and he's alone. That's true. Oh well, yeah, but they still. I don't know. I just I think the ambiguity but, is better. That's what, I feel like there was more of that in season two that I missed in season three. There was most of it in season one, but even in season two, like getting into the whole James Delos thing. Yeah. Like I feel like there was still this intrigue in me being like, what's going on? And I. I liked being inside of Delos and inside of Westworld. I felt like I liked that the scope was more limited. I liked that we were, it felt like humanity and just life existence, all of it. We are stuck in loops. We're constantly stuck in doing the same thing over and over, repeating the same thing as expecting different results. I really liked that part of the show and I understand why it has to grow. And I think shows have to grow and they have to expand or else what story are you going to keep telling? But that's part of why I think, well, first off, I like movies a lot too because <laughs> it's a closed arc. But I think that season one hit me so hard because it did feel like that. It felt like every episode was working towards this complete thought that I think we're continuing to ask questions. And it's not like they're making up story and there's no story. Like, I yeah. agree with you that there was narrative to be had, I guess. So, like, they did continue the story. In season two. Yeah, and three. But I just felt like I didn't want that story. Like, the story I wanted was not the direction they went. And that's understandable. Mm -hmm. um, I think I don't think it was, like, bad by any means. Mm -hmm. I just feel like a lot of the urgency for me got removed because now we're watching these main characters who are robots who, like, kind of can't die. And even if they do die, they're going to come back. And, like, constantly. I, it just felt like a lot of that got taken away from me. I kind of liked that because they could kill off a character without losing the actor. And I was yeah. like, yeah, that's nice. In a production like, way? Like, mm. heavy spoiler, Dolores dies at the end. Mm -hmm. But, like, I'm pretty sure... Evan Rachel Wood is Rachel, not done. Yeah, Evan Rachel Wood is coming back for the fourth season. So, mm -hmm. like, we know that at least something's happening. Yeah, exactly. And even, like, I think, like, Maeve died... Or whatever at the end of season two, I think. Yeah, and yeah, it came she back. Did. Yeah, that I wish they had done a little I didn't bit more like, elegantly. Yeah. Like they didn't really explain like how everybody got where they were, where they were in season three. I mean, I guess they did, but I just wish they had like developed that. Let's just talk about Maeve for a second. They do her dirty. They do first season Maeve, incredible, mm -hmm. flawless, mm -hmm. and then nothing else really happens. Nothing else happens for her. Like That's nothing happens. Like we're at the end of season three. She still doesn't have Hector. She still doesn't have her daughter. She's not even close to either one. Hector is mm -hmm. like actually permanently gone as far as we know. Which I don't even know how important. That was another thing. I never really understood how important Hector was to her in a genuine way. Like that was something they that were I both think... like. Both of them were just so easy to give up on the relationship. Yeah. And I was like. What's happening here? I know. But I loved them together. I like, loved I wanted them, together. them to be together they were so, so badly. Spicy. And I, so you know what spinoff I would fucking watch, mm. though? The spinoff of Maeve, her daughter, and her new mom, their family. Like, them co-parenting the daughter. Like a sitcom? Yeah. <laughs> I would watch that. Are you kidding? I would so watch that. I would just watch um, Maeve and Hector's sex tape. I'm like, good for you guys. Make it Next happen. Spin -off. <laughs> Next spin-off. Next spin-off. You kind um, of, you low-key, I mean. You do. You I know. You, you see some of it, that's for sure. Uh, I feel like Maeve, it so was passionate. another, this is, this is another thing that can happen to a character. And actually, this is a bit of a jump, but this is kind of what happened to Rick and Morty, I think. 
that once you give a character too much power, it's really hard to do anything interesting to them. And the thing about Maeve is she became God, like, immediately. I... I love that. Loved it. I loved it. I loved that she. I actually Mm -hmm. am surprised that you liked it because I did. You don't like love magic all of the time, and that's basically what they turned it into was like a magician, Mm -hmm. and that she could control people's minds and like all that stuff. And I was like, yes, queen. Because it depends on the world for me, and in this world, it totally made sense that that would be possible. Because they had built it up, Mm -hmm. I guess it didn't feel version of it. Yeah, and I also. I like when it's framed sci-fi as mm-hmm. well, because there's like an actual, you know, quote-unquote reason yeah. that those things happen. Um, but that's what I think, and sorry, okay, to finish that thought, Rick from Rick and Morty became the smartest man in the universe, and then I think the writer's room kind of wrote themselves into a wall, because how are you going to ever have appropriate conflict with the smartest person in the universe. And I think that's what happened to Maeve, that it was like, once you have the most powerful host, how are you ever going to have conflict with high enough stakes yeah. to warrant giving her narrative? I, yeah. Apparently the actress was a little frustrated by the lack of arc as well. And I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, I don't blame her. Like, you fall in love with this character and then it just doesn't really And it was the best off. character. Yeah. The best character. Although I have to say, you know... <laughs> After just watching season one, like when I stopped, when I was done with the season finale, my favorite character I think was Teddy, which I know is so random. That's so funny. But he was the host I liked the most. <laughs> I liked Dolores. I liked her right from the beginning. I didn't. I, I liked actually her a lot. never really cared about That's her. So funny. I didn't. I literally didn't like her until the third season, and then she became this badass, manipulative spy person and I was like yes this is what I'm doing. yes yeah, I'm, I'm ready for this that's that's literally like she became I smart and I was like yeah I don't uh, the I entire just, time I, in season one she's just going crazy slowly basically she's just like yeah. is this happening now what's happening and then she keeps like seeing herself and also her and William okay eventually I was like okay I could kind of see them together but for 99% of when they were, like, falling in love or whatever, mm-hmm. I was like, this isn't going anywhere. She's never going to age. He still has a fiancé on the outside. He's still trying to take over this company, which is owned by her, her, his almost father-in-law. There That's, is no okay. way that this relationship is going to end well because she's just going to always be a robot. I think there's such an interesting way that you look at content in that You've brought this up a few times, actually, that it's like, well, what's the point? Because it's going to go wrong. And that's something that I love. Like, ill-fated romance, right? Like, knowing that something is going to get destroyed and still doing it because of the passion element, that's something I like. And so that is why, like, I liked that they made these creations, right? Because, yeah, maybe it was a bad idea, but, like, you are creating life. And that's why I don't even see it as dumb. And I don't see oh, Dolores like, as being dumb. Dolores' story in season one actually most connected with me in terms of what that per- like journey of finding yourself feels like because it does feel so disjointed and disconnected. And then you're like, oh, shit. And obviously it's very different because not all of us find out, you know, we have disassociative identity disorder. But sometimes that's it <laughs> sometimes that's sometimes it that's it. i mean i feel like they kind of inherently have it low-key because they're yeah. because they experience memories differently like they yeah. mentioned this a couple times in the show but because they're robots who record history instead mm-hmm. of just like vaguely remembering it based off of the synapses that happen to capture that moment they experience memories as they're happening right now 
Mm. And I think that was a very interesting element that helped move, helped explain the story and helped, mm. certainly helped with the first season, like having the different flashbacks, adding that intrigue and suspense. Mm -hmm. Something that was, I had never heard of before was the idea of the bicameral mind, which mm. is a huge part of, especially the first season, but really all of them, of just like this idea that consciousness we used to think that consciousness, or not that consciousness was when there was a voice in our head, but long time ago, like early humans mm -hmm. just thought that it was the voice of God in their head. Mm -hmm. And then when they realized that it was their own thoughts, like that was consciousness. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's something really beautiful about that. Yeah. In general, like that is a beautiful idea that like consciousness is becoming aware that like you are your own God almost. Like yeah. you are responsible for your logic and your choices and your everything you do and and think you can think that's why i like that's why i love the host journey because i just think it's so cool that life and consciousness can be created like that because it's something even in real life like obviously i don't even think we're at that but we have like hugely intelligent animals who can recognize themselves yeah and obviously we don't know exactly how conscious they are but yeah. like octopus you know, like, so, they are so smart. Yeah. They are so smart. <laughs> so, I looked up some stuff about consciousness, just because I've never, I haven't really read much about it, um, and apparently there are two, like, main areas of thought. There's dualism, which is kind of like, oh, there's this ethereal idea of consciousness that's not physical. Mm -hmm. Like, and religion kind of plays into that, but it's just kind of the humanness that's mm -hmm. not physical. Mm -hmm. And then you have materialism, which is, it's the neural. It's our brain. It's yeah. it's like the physical like, neural connections and neural mm -hmm. activity, which is like more of the medical term. If you, if, if you're in a hospital and you say, are they conscious? You know, mm -hmm. they're not gonna say like, yes, they're sentient. No, they're gonna say Do like- you recognize yourself. <laughs> yeah. They're gonna say like, are they awake or not? Yeah. That's, that's what consciousness is. I mean, I guess they're like two different ideas. At least that's how it was framed when, in my reading. Mm -hmm. But I mean, they can kind of coexist in terms of you can have a medical definition of consciousness and have an ethereal definition of consciousness. I mean, I think it's like everything else. It's like sex and gender, you know? Like yeah. there needs to be both and pretty much explicitly because of the medical field, I feel like there needs to be both. Yeah. Um, but there does need to be both, but obviously we have been able to identify how they are like separate but equal phenomena in a way. Mm -hmm. How like people have come back from the brink of death and experienced a chemical death or like gone through their consciousness dying is different from their body dying. Yeah. But both happen. <laughs> Yeah, like, like you can be mm -hmm. a vegetable. But I guess you, you have, have no neural activity if you're a vegetable, right? Or limited neural activity? I don't know. <laughs> I actually if, don't if know. If you're, like, like... Yeah. Well, like no, if you're in a coma, coma yeah. it has been recorded that most of the time people in comas can hear and they're thinking. In fact, there was one man, and I'll need to look up the exact name for him, um, but he pulled himself out of a vegetative state because... He was kept in a like self care in a like care home, yeah. And they put on Barney every day, and he hated it so much that he brought his consciousness that's up so to the surface. Funny, yeah. yeah. And that's something that happened. He, he was, was like, conscious. I can't deal with this bullshit anymore. Yeah, <laughs> it had been like ten years of Barney every day. That's all that his life was. He would get wheeled 
and then wheeled back. Yeah, I and don't blame them. So in, in that, I would actually say that most people in a state like that are conscious and do. That's actually something that's difficult, like, in the medical field to know how much brain activity there is, I guess. Like, how much person. of... No, when someone is... Like, even on the brink, there was... Like, when you're in a medical, you know, environment, I know that, like, neurologists might be able to, like, look into it to a degree. Mm -hmm. But it's very, very hard to be like, well, this person has lost oxygen, this person has gone through this and that, to know how conscious and what level of activity they'll be able to get back to mm -hmm. mentally, which is crazy. As in, like, what permanent damage there is? Yeah, or if there is. Yeah. Honestly, just, like, the human brain is... Just, it's insane. It's we don't so understand insane. It. We understand so much and we still understand ass. so little. Yeah. So little. So little. The whole idea that like thinking and memories and stuff are just connections in your brain. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, but what? Yeah. Like, what the fuck does that actually mean? Like, memories are something you can grasp and you can see and you can feel. That's why I'm more inclined, I think, to consider the concept of consciousness than I am the brain space because if we're going to be like theorizing it I mm -hmm. guess and talking about it the concept is really where like the soul comes from yeah where it's like that thing that we can't pinpoint but we know exists yeah like what makes us and that's why okay but, but so I mean human is like being human does not define consciousness although no. interestingly enough apparently philosophers or philosophers i'm sure people had different opinions but the common thought in philosophy early on was that animals were not conscious and like couldn't feel pain babies too yeah for a long oh, i didn't know that actually but for a long time yeah they didn't think they wouldn't animals... give babies anesthesia during medical treatments because they were like oh, yeah, they'll forget the pain so oh my yeah. gosh they still don't right they, like, I, when I, guys are circumcised are they i don't know anesthetized i don't know i know circumcision is like quick though i don't know if it's the same as like what? Surgery. It's just... Really? Yeah. How? You just cut it off. But you don't... I mean, you don't... You chop snip. The, you don't oh, yeah, chop yeah, the yeah. dick no, off. You like, you there's gotta be a process. It's not really... If okay. At my experience... Neither was an experience. Well, okay. <laughs> uh, it comes from uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights, actually. There was this rabbi, and he carried around a little thing, and that might have been a joke, but I've always... I think that... It's okay. This is great, because we can just keep putting on the screen. Er, wrong. Er, <laughs> Information is incorrect. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I lost my train of thought. We were talking Wrong about so loud. Okay. <laughs> we were talking about how early on they didn't think mm -hmm. animals and babies could feel anything, yeah. and, and that's conscious. That's okay. how I feel about hosts. Sorry, keep going. Even now, apparently, um, there are still some insects and some small rodents that are. It's debated whether or not they're conscious and can feel pain. Like, everything can feel pain. That's, like, the whole point. I think, like, trees feel pain. Plants feel pain. Yeah, plants feel pain. Everything feels pain because pain is very useful in a natural setting. You have it, to know when something's uh, not You right. have to. It's actually a big issue when people, like, can't feel pain. When someone has a neuro or a skin disorder, a nerve disorder, mm. to where they can't feel pain, that's really dangerous because, like, you could be touching a hot stove and then, like, burn yourself yeah. and not even recognize. I've also heard in like military training camps that they don't allow you to take 
pain medication because they don't want you to push yourself too far, like farther than your body is willing to go. So I mean, I don't know if that's true everywhere, but well, that's also that makes sense. Which I mean, I don't, I don't need to get into pain medication, but that's part of why I'm kind of. <laughs> that's I, another video again. <laughs> I make a huge effort to not take pain medication because I do think that knowing the level of pain I'm feeling and being able to clock be and register that, yeah, it's something that I I try to maintain. I'm like, oh, if I'm having a lot of headaches. Like, maybe I'll take medication, but probably I'm going to, like, drink, drink water. water, stop looking at screens, yeah. lie down, for, like, do all of or these stuff. Or go steps. outside. Or go outside. Get some fresh air. And Especially I, if you're hungover, go outside. And that's the thing. I think that any kind of, like, medicine that almost dulls the experience of consciousness is something that's very hard for me to, like, knowingly be on. Consciousness. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And that's... So... The host, obviously, I don't think there's a severe connection we can make between Westworld and, like, acetaminophen, or <laughs> Advil, or whatever. Well, that's an allergy medicine, that's not even relevant. <laughs> um, but, like, Advil, or Benadryl, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but I do think that that thing of, we are constantly learning that things have more consciousness than we understand is part of why I feel like I get very passionate about anything that could have consciousness, I kind of think we should assume it does and so I understand how for you the responsible thing would be like shutting down the park and I definitely think the way to create life is not like in a for-profit entertainment center like I don't think that's like mm -hmm. a good way to do it but I also think creating hosts is not like morally wrong I guess the creation I of life I have no problem with creating mm -hmm. hosts I have problem with creating sentient hosts but that's what I mean sentience I think I again I have no personal issue with because your thing was but sentience is going to be terrible because people have been raping and killing them. But what if people weren't? You know, what if they lived their life and they got to experience it be profitable like, then? But it well, doesn't. Well, that's what I'm saying. Well, that like I like exploration and ingenuity and progress for progress' sake. That's why I like space. The idea that we should just keep exploring and seeing what's out there. So in terms of if we have the technology to create sentience, in a way, it is both responsible and irresponsible to do it because progress is always going to be made. If we put it off for two years, it's still gonna happen. Humans, we we are dedicated to making shit I happen. I mean, very yeah. much so. So I'm like, I don't think we can just say, no, we won't do that progress. Like if, think, if it can happen, I think it will. That's kind of like the Murphy's Law thing, but I do agree that doing it in like a for-profit setting and not giving it the best chance to be life, I think they didn't, well, Arnold did see what they were doing as we are creating life. Yeah, that's which what he is wanted. And George was like, no, I'm a businessman. Yeah, which is, I mean, I get it. I think that's kind of the age-old debate in society right now for, like, everything. Like, is it morally right for us to have Instagram knowing what it's doing to the mental health of the youth in our country yeah. while also, like, the entire thing is built like a slot machine so that it gives our brain dopamine and then we get addicted? Like, it's like, is this all morally right for and us I to do? And I do have to say that... When they were talking about kind of Dolores's plot, I guess, mm -hmm. in the third season is to expose Rehoboam and destroy Rehoboam. Mm -hmm. Or, I guess, give Caleb, a human, the option to destroy Rehoboam, mm -hmm. which he does. But I think that idea that you have to have someone who's stone cold about human life, mm -hmm. that has to be the one to reset the system. And even though it'll descend into chaos, like, human beings weren't meant to have that technology in the first place mm -hmm. 
Not that I agree or disagree on that, because I think it's just too nuanced to have. That That's nuanced, I know. That's, like, too nuanced to have, like, There's, a one-word opinion about. Yeah. But I think that, like, I related to that a lot in ways of mass production has, like, it's given us a lot of benefits, and we are able to do a lot of things, and, like, the a human race is, it has exploded. Yeah. Like, there's no doubt about that, but it also comes with a lot of consequences. Ton, and I think yeah. that they recognize that in a very real way in the third season. I do agree. No, I and get that, that if they had simplified the plot, <laughs> it would have been really good. I I think also it's like the whole tone of the show for me was different. It was the actual tone of the show. It got yeah. darker, it got slower, and it got more action. I mean, the first season's pretty dark. Like like light wise, like like visually. Visually, oh. I think it got physically like Dolores in black. She's girl. She can work it. I'm a. I love Evan Rachel Wood. I love her as an actress. I didn't love her until third season. No, but that's why I love Dolores. I think because this is not the first time I'd seen her. What else have you seen her in? Uh, she's in a lot. I think she was in thirteen. Um, I don't know that. She was in. I can't remember. In all she's been in a lot of things (laughs) that I've seen. Um, I just really liked her as a person. I thought she seemed like a really cool, like, human being. Mm-hmm. Also, when I was living in L.A., um, I lived in the apartment complex she lived in. Oh, my gosh. A, that's a lot, cool. a lot okay, of kids, cool. actually. A lot of kid actors lived there. But I just, I knew about her, and I liked her. And she, she was actor? actually, she was a child actress, yeah. Oh. Um, she was one of the reasons I started the show. Because oh, really? I liked her. Yeah. So that's okay. why I think her character was also meaningful to me. Okay, and sense. because I immediately get sympathy whenever I see, like, I don't know. In the pilot, you really see, like, she's going through it. And what I liked and I didn't like, and I think, so the show wanted me to feel sympathetic for her, but also, like, recognize, I guess, that her her hope and her, like, optimism was fake and bullshit. But I also kind of appreciated that about the character. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think when that personality trait completely went away it was harder for me because I really liked that this person was like yeah we have to go through terrible shit but I'm going to be strong about it because obviously I don't think anyone should have to go through terrible shit and terrible shit is garbage but if terrible shit is happening to you and you have no control over whether it happens to you or not the only thing you can control is how you feel about it yeah and I appreciated that I think that's certainly true and I think that's why we talked about doing this video in three step like, yeah, just yeah, talking yeah. about the first season, just talking about the second season, just talking about the third season. And honestly, because of Dolores' character arc, that's the yeah. main reason I didn't want to do that. Because you're absolutely right. First mm-hmm. season, she's, like, this really, like, optimistic... I mean, towards the end, like, she does, like, yeah. go pretty crazy. Yeah. But, um, I mean, crazy's not even the right word, but you know what I'm saying. Um, and, but in the first season, she has mind. the whole... By camera. By camera, <laughs> mind. <laughs> but in the first season, she has the whole, like, I choose to see the beauty in the world, mm-hmm. or whatever her quote is. And you see that again at the end of the third season, because, like, you think the whole third season that she's on this huge, like, vengeance to murder the entire human race, and yeah. that turns out not to be it. She just wants to reset it and then let humans find their own beauty, mm-hmm. because she knows it's possible. Which is and so I think, beautiful. I think, it's like, so while I don't know that her methods will be effective in the way that she wants, and that's why I think it's probably an irresponsible decision to do that, the way that she did it, I do think that there's a lot to be said for that idea and I think that for Dolores's character arc specifically it was nice to like have her come back around and like calm down a bit like it's almost like no I she agree. went through the angry phase of 
Which you need to. Sentient, you like, do need to go through angry. it. Yeah, everybody has yeah. an angry phase. But, like, then you calm down and you're like, okay, I don't need to be this angry all the time. There are, mm-hmm. like, it's more, like, stone cold, I guess. Yeah, and I did forget, but that's also why it's hard for me because then she gets to this arc and that's when she dies, you know? Yeah. Like, it, uh, it is... It's just one of those she things. She just fucking dies. She just fucking dies. Um, but I, I do agree. And I don't mean to say that, like, the way to getting what you want and the way to progress is going to be completely bloodless. Like, I do think that is, like, progress, whatever. But I respect that she was trying to do that. Also, the Robohome, whatever, you know, that's, like, a biblical... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the one before was Solomon. Yeah. Which is another... Um, it was all the, the kings of uh, Solomon? Kings of something? I did look into it. I oh, remember. you did. Yeah, I know it's. I know it's Bible Kings, but mm. I haven't read the Bible. Yeah, I I recognized it. I think there's just a lot of names. So, um, <laughs> I was also I did like, think it was interesting. I was wondering why they, they were... picked Reb. Re- oh my gosh, I just had it. Rehoboam. Yeah, Rehoboam. I was like, why would they pick something so difficult? To I say? thought they were saying Robo Home the whole time. Really? Yeah. And oh, I, was I watched like, it with subtitles. Oh, uh, that makes sense. <laughs> but I, I just like when I heard it, I was like Robo Home. Um, I mean that also works. It does. Also I wish work. they had just like, also, done like one step up. Like make Solomon the one that you say all the time. That's easy to say. I think here's a problem too. I, and this is so small, but I just didn't like Charlotte as a character really yeah i I just i was i was not interested in her like this is a queen right here i i just didn't like i don't know and i really love tessa thompson and pretty much everything she's in and so i think like i liked the character and i also liked seeing the version of her that was dealing with the like who am i am i dolores Dolores. like split again oh my gosh yeah Hmm. I watched the summary and they called they called her Shaloris and I was oh, like, cause yes. Charlotte. Yeah, oh, because Charlotte, yeah, Shaloris. But then she becomes okay. Okay, I have qualms with that though. Mm-hmm. The whole okay. First of all, Dolores copying herself over and over again. Absolutely brilliant move. Mm-hmm. Didn't see it coming. Um, but Charlotte, what I was afraid they were going to do is exactly what they did do when they made when they put Dolores in Charlotte's body at the end of season two. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, Tessa Thompson, I also like her. I mm-hmm. have only seen her in Veronica Mars, which was a very early thing that she did. So I don't judge her by that. But mm-hmm. um, but she was good in Veronica Mars and really dynamic. And I think she was a really good character. Like, I really liked her portrayal of Charlotte. But I didn't think that she was a strong enough actress to pull off playing Dolores as Charlotte. Interesting. And I think that's exactly what happened. The third season, Shaloris, like, it's not like Dolores at all or at least it's not like Wyatt at all and Wyatt is a dominant part of her personality like she's half and half mm-hmm. and she would just got Charlotte is so stone cold and Dolores by that time was so stone cold and Shaloris was so emotional yeah that so was so no, I, I thought it was Teddy up until the oh yeah I thought it was Teddy I, I was like, this makes sense I also thought it was Teddy yeah initially because that made a lot of sense this no. is, yeah and I think that would have made more sense but especially because and I think that is the thing I I think you're right I liked OG Charlotte more we just honestly didn't see a lot of her yeah um. but Shaloris now that it's Charlotte and less Dolores like now that she has come into her own as her own character. Mm-hmm. I am ready for season four. Yeah. Like, I'm ready to see what she pulls out. I'm very curious. I'm curious about season four in general. Because, like, I yeah. kind of stopped thinking about Westworld. I think a lot of people did. Um, because it came out before the pandemic and then everything shut down for years. I didn't even know they were going to keep going with it. But I'm very curious to see, like, what they do next. Because yeah, I too. think you're right that each one has been kind of a different plot. 
Yeah, they have been. And they've been, like, kind of different genres. So I'm, Genre, excited, yes. I'm excited to see which way they go. Oh, also, the genre drug. I don't know if you I don't know if you remember that episode, but there's this one episode where Caleb takes a, do- a drug called genre, and he's, like, experiencing different genres. That's and so I was cool. like, <sighs> not to get super meta, but also that's literally what we're doing here. Um, like, the fact that something that was man-made over and over again like mm-hmm. a genre is something that's man-made right it's like a bunch of movies that mm-hmm. all fall into similar vibes and and tones and stuff is something that they then somehow translated into a chemical that you were able to put in your body you know like that's wild to me like what you know like drugs that we have nowadays like they they have effects but it's not like based on something that was man-made does that make sense that wasn't I guess. as in like <laughs> The experience is not like, okay, this is an experience that we have seen and curated, and now we're going to figure out how mm-hmm. to stimulate exactly those same areas of your brain so you experience it. Yeah, that's true. For me, I think because drugs have kind of shifted to give you more like, if you do this, it'll be this kind of experience, this will be this kind of experience. I can. It, it I seems like a progression, which makes sense to me, but I do agree, like, it's cool. I like the mood-changing drug yeah emotion genre. yeah yeah emotional changes mm-hmm. like make more sense in my head than how you, manufactured you, changes in that changes to experience something so manufactured yeah that's wild to me mm-hmm. but anyway i mean that really has nothing to do with the plot i just thought that was very interesting also something that i think was very interesting is um in one part the man in black is in therapy and he's in therapy with other versions of himself and because mm-hmm. it's like AR or whatever. And I was just like, I mean, it goes badly because everything goes badly, especially for him. But I mean, especially because of him, however you want to say yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought that was such an interesting idea to be able to talk to different versions of yourself in some kind of mm-hmm. productive way. Because I feel like low key, that wouldn't be productive at all. Talking to yourself? Yeah. Because I'm like, the kind of the point of therapy is that you're not talking to yourself. You're talking to someone else who can, like, give you perspective. But if you are coming up with all these different versions, then they're still only going to be able to understand what you understand in your head. That's true. I would like it, but I think that's just because I I think it's a control thing, you know? Um, And I think that is what it is. Like, I think it would be fun to go to therapy with myself. But I also think you're right that it wouldn't be productive because you would just be validating yourself. Yeah. Even if you're trying very consciously not to. I, yeah. I mean, maybe it would be somewhat beneficial, but I don't think it would be able to substitute mm-hmm. an actual therapist. So I feel like, like, archetypes or personality typing, like, any of it's very difficult to do with the early on hosts before they get sentience because That's their true. personalities are not their own. They're very specifically flat. Well, I mean, you could argue with the whole nature and nurture that, like, part of our personalities are not our own either. But yes, I do agree that it is very, very hard to, like, type them into any category yeah. because it's, like... Especially Dolores because she... Well, especially Dolores and Maeve because Dolores mm-hmm. switches... Or not switches, but Dolores adds Wyatt. Mm-hmm. And Wyatt's a different personality for Maeve, sure. yeah. And Ma- then Maeve is difficult because she... When I was going back and just, like, reviewing the earlier episodes of the mm-hmm. first season, like, she is different than after she gets all of her boosts That's interesting. And stuff, I... a god. <laughs> I felt like Maeve was actually one of the more similar hosts, though, to, I guess, herself. And everybody is different. Like, I would say we can only really consider the Awakened host. Like, I would agree. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and that I think Dolores is a very like submissive uh, yeah. optimistic woman and then Wyatt is a very vengeful bloodthirsty man and then when they're melded together it's like it's a bit of a it's a bit of a hot it's mess it's conflict it's conflicting and I think her ideals were very conflicting and that's why she at the end of the day chose the right thing but also had to process it and and I think you're right a very natural organic way uh that she has to be angry first yeah it happens She's been killed. She's certainly been desensitized to violence. I mean, yeah. Like, mm -hmm. all of these people, when they got went murderous, I was like, if they were humans and all of a sudden they turned and went murderous, I'd be like, that's far-fetched. But because of the they're situation... Species, yeah, yeah, I mean, they're different species, so they didn't grow up with thou shalt not kill, you know? Yeah. Like, they grew up seeing people murdered all the time mm -hmm. and, like, Maeve purposefully killing herself in order yeah. to accomplish her goals. Oh my god, that scene when she's like, I've died so many times and I'm fucking great at it. I'm yeah. like, yeah, you are fucking great at it. Like, she it's is. insane. Um, so yeah, I think the murderous rampage makes sense. So, uh, like, our favorite personality typing thing is the colors, which I don't know how, I don't know I'm if gonna, you guys know it or I'll not. I'll give a quick summary yeah, because do. it'll just be easiest. So If you guys don't know about it, please look it up. It's mm -hmm. honestly our We've met, we've played with different personality yeah. typings, and it's by far our favorite. I by would far. Say. Um, so color code is uh, it was made by Taylor Hartman, uh, and you can Google any of that and find out a ton of information. He does have a book about it, um, as well as a no, it's a couple books I think. So the color code is a slightly different than other personality tests because with MBTI and Enneagram and types like that, it's supposed to tell an aspect of you, I guess, like if you're more extroverted, if you're more introverted, if you're more security-based, or if you're more whatever. Um, and I think what makes color code a little bit different is it focuses on an entirely nature, like a 0% nurture-based yeah. system. That is, we are born inherently with a set of motives, and that that influences the choices we make. And that the goal of each person should not necessarily be to like dive deeper into your own original motive, but to learn more about yeah. others and see the benefits of other motivations in your life. Uh, so the four main types are power motivator, which is red, um, peace motivated, which is white, fun motivated, which is yellow, and intimacy motivated, which is blue. And so those colors are like what everybody falls into. And yeah. it's percentage based, so you can be a little bit more of one and a little bit less of another. Yeah, like I'm mostly white, but I have a really big blue chunk mm -hmm. and then very little of red and yellow. Yeah, and I'm like 75 blue and 25 red, mm -hmm. which are both the aggressive ones. Um, <laughs> But you have no chill. I have no chill. No. And that's why my partner is, he's like a fun base because I'm very security mm -hmm. and intimacy. And so it's about balancing. Better. Yeah. Uh, and so that's what the basic system is about uh, and why it's so hard for a character like Dolores, because if we're talking about Dolores as she was written, that's a very different motivator than like yeah. Dolores season three, who really has a lot of almost like moral, she's very much like the ends justify the means. That's why I think, I typed her as blue. I would agree actually. Like, I, I typed thought Dolores that originally. and white as, well I thought, I thought Dolores, pure Dolores would probably be a blue white because she's so submissive, she's more submissive and yeah. she's like calm I guess, but I think she's still main blue. She was like at the end of the day she went, when she rides up with Teddy and she sees all the commotion happening at the house, mm -hmm. she's like, okay, let's 
let's go protect my dad. That's like, true. Let's go. I think she was very she was very family and people oriented. Very family oriented. Even when she like she took Teddy along because she, she loved wanted him, yeah, know? she wanted to keep that intimacy yeah. and then she ends up kind of killing yeah, him. Not but, on purpose, but yeah. she did well anyway. We'll but get into that. <laughs> I do think she's intimacy based, which is very interesting, and I think she does feel very alienated in that humans will never see her as one of them. Mm, and so there is well because i well, think i don't know if that's true because she had that experience with william or william like would have gone with her if that was an option mm. at the time like william would have been her partner her yeah. human partner and you see that kind of with caleb too where they don't have like a romantic thing going mm. but they have a relationship mm-hmm. and like i think that that human intimacy is possible she just doesn't have time for it right now yeah exactly. and that's why i think dolores would be main blue next color white and i think why it would be main blue next color red yeah no i think that makes sense um because why <laughs> why it's a son of a bitch that's yeah. certainly true and he has more of an aggressive streak i would say yeah um and that's actually so mave as well is one of those characters that i think is very conflicting in that i think she is a red primary yeah but i think she has that blue in her and i think that's part of why we saw her go through so much conflict in the beginning of like do i choose my freedom and my power or do i choose love i'm gonna be honest i think she's straight red i saw I don't a lot see the of blue because because the entire time any chance she has to gain power she's like absolutely i'm gonna yeah. take that and then at the end of season one when she chooses to stay which is against her programming mm-hmm. it actually is like if you look at the close-up of her programming when she's reading it one of the steps is to leave the island mm-hmm. but she doesn't because she wants to find her daughter but even like the entire quest on her daughter she's like this is my goal but I don't even know how to describe it. I'm like, reds can have that emotional connection too. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the way she approaches is always a red, especially because not being able to go with her daughter doesn't really phase her. Because she's mm-hmm. like, okay, well, but I know my daughter's safe in the sublime. When, yeah. when she gets, when the daughter and the new mother gets uploaded to like the virtual heaven, mm-hmm. she's like, okay, I'm going to reunite with them, but it's just not right now. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. That, I don't know. She just seems like, she gets more red also. I don't mm-hmm. know about... The original, her original um, storyline, if mm-hmm. she would have been red, but she certainly makes herself red. Well, I think she she always felt very red to me. Like, she always felt very power motivated, but I think... I mean, she is the madam. Yeah, she just, I think in all of her characters, she seemed like that. And I think you're right that, like, that specific type of mother bear protectiveness, like, she didn't need to spend time with these people as much as she needed to make sure that they were safe and protected so I yeah. Think that's fair. yeah Dolores is so attached to her dad but they also spent 30 years together you yeah. know mm-hmm. whereas with Maeve she has hardly any memories of her daughter yeah. she doesn't need that intimate connection to feel the familial connection yeah yeah which I but also we don't I mean, we don't know that how what, long what that Dolores well because that is another them. thing that Dolores maybe spent 30 years but her memories were getting rewritten too, and Maeve, like we don't know how long she was on that previous building. It's so true. It could have been twenty five years. It could have been you know? a long time. Yeah. I and so that's why. But I do understand what you mean in that. I think her choices. She just always has a person, but I think a lot of times those people are just to help her. Reach yeah, the like same with her and Hector. Like how easily mm-hmm. they're just like, okay, yeah, fuck it. I guess we're not going to be together right mm-hmm. now. I don't think a blue would take that that well. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that's fair. 
Um, and I also think, so some things that I try to keep in mind is actually blue is the most common. I wouldn't, like, think that. Yeah. But I think that is why a character like Dolores is definitely that blue person. Likely a blue. I guess. Yeah. yeah, I think No, I think there's like definitely a good amount of blues. I also think that having a blue for the hosts makes sense because blues mm-hmm. are very in touch with other people and how to be intimate with them. And you need a lot of emotional intelligence mm-hmm. in order to be a host. Yeah. Do you for most hosts, for most hosts. Yeah. Yeah. Um do you also feel like Okay, so like William and Man in Black. Blue. It's the same guy. You think he's a blue? Yeah. Okay. That's what I said. I don't know though. I know. I don't know if I feel confident on that. I don't know if I feel confident. But I'm like either. he was so well, honestly, okay. He is very okay, what I if think he's like a yellow. Like I actually he... thought he was a white initially. That's what I first thought he was. Like, young William? Yeah. Okay, okay. So the actor who plays... This is a tangent, but the actor who plays young William, Mm. I know him from Psych. I know him from It's Always Sunny. (laughs) But he plays this, like, really bizarre, awkward analyst character Mm -hmm. in Psych, and it took me so long to get with him in Westworld as this, like... I mean, he's still kind of awkward, but he's just this normal businessman that's how they like present him at the beginning he's like he's just this like normal good guy and obviously you know that switches but elsie actually i also know from psych i know her. <laughs> I, I know her uh raising hope it was a sick oh my She's god she hope. is in raising that's how hope. i know her yeah. so right yeah, i really like i watched it so long ago but i liked it yeah. so much at the time um yeah no william anyway. <laughs> he's hard i agree he's hard the thing about the thing with him being blue is that it felt like a lot of time he was so comfortable and preferred to be solo and that might You're have been so right that that's why i thought he was actually like he doesn't I, even try to connect with his daughter no i thought he was two. like a white red Okay, Correctly. I'm gonna be honest. I, think, I wrote down blue, but that's a fucking lie. Yeah, okay, I don't think he's a blue, but like about yellow though, because yellow. Well, he wasn't fun, but he was. Logan is yellow, and that's clear. But I don't think he was ever like fun. He was always like, I'm gonna do this thing to make my family happy because that's what they want me to do, and I'm marrying who they want me to do. He was so going mm. along with it, like he didn't really seek out fun in that. He's found something that I think worked for him. But to me, he was always peace with this power background like he knew he wanted power and he knew he craved power but for so much of his life he was unable to access it i agree with everything you said <laughs> great, <honestly>. like, great. <laughs> i think you're right Hi, like we're done because <laughs> he he spends so much time like am i a good guy am i a bad guy you can tell because he emphasizes so much that on the outside world he's this philanthropist and mm-hmm. like he's this really amazing member of society and that's clearly something that's very important to him so Mm -hmm. like i don't know which color that means but i guess white could be it and just like he doesn't want to accept the red parts of him i don't know that's how he felt to me but he he is interesting because i think that's why i thought maybe yellow because yellow is cares about self-image the most of the colors no i think but it's not he's not the right vibe for yellow because he doesn't care about yeah he doesn't care about self-image like that and he's also not at all he is zero freaking percent charisma he is not charismatic whatsoever like 
Like, that was kind of his whole thing. Like young William is. But, but he's not trying to be charismatic in the park. But he is about, I mean, he's spending his entire re- retirement in an amusement park. But I mean, okay, so he the He spends whole... one month out of every year. Like, uh, when he first visits to mm-hmm. in the end, he spent one month out of every year in Westworld. Yeah, but that's because I think the reason was not at all because of fun. I think it was because of freedom. And I think that he had accepted that so much of his life was going to be decided for him, that this was going to be the time when he was really connecting with self, I think. Yes. That's how I saw it. I mean, but it wasn't decided for him. Like, he drove Logan crazy on purpose so he could take over Delos after, what's his name, died. After Delos died. so like, Because I think he saw the best way to take advantage. But I'm just saying when we first met William, he didn't seem like a man who was content with his life or his choices. And he certainly didn't seem like a man who believed he had autonomy. And I think he learned that through the arc we saw. I, but I think he assumed he didn't really have that autonomy. And so maybe that is... I don't agree still, with that. I didn't get how, that impression at all. It just I, like I he was so like, unhappy with his life. I think Logan thought he was unhappy with his life. But Logan was an idiot. So I'm like, it really just felt like Logan kept saying like, oh, you're feeling this way. You're feeling this way. And he kept being like, okay. And then moving on. Which is hella white. That is hella white. white. That's so true. That's that's 100% white. Yeah. (laughs) You're like, sure. (laughs) Bye for now. Which is why I think that's the white trait of him going into the park and, like, not having to deal with anything. Like, not having to deal with anybody. Yeah, I guess that's true. So that I guess that's true. That's that's what I thought for him. I'm happy with the But I do think for the blue, I think Bernarnold. Bernarnold, he is very blue. Oh, he is a hundo percent Million blue. percent blue. That's why yeah. I I also was like, life. Because I think when you're motivated by intimacy and the concept that other beings will experience intimacy, it's not just your own, um, that's why it feels so Here's important. Thing, though. Okay. Human beings can already create life. We already have that ability. Yeah, but in and a like, boring, normal way. Maybe because he's a man and can't carry a child, that is part of it, where mm-hmm. he's like, let me create a child in a way that I biologically can't. Womb envy. Womb envy. It's all about. Hashtag womb envy. Hashtag womb envy. Like, yeah, I actually, I never even wrote down a type for Bernard because I was like, I don't know. I mean. She's so blue to me. Yeah. Arnold was like, uh, very obviously blue. I feel like Bernard just spends so much of it confused. I know. He spends so much of the series like, what happens to all the hosts who like don't have memories? Or their memories get disjointed. I'm gonna, all of the types. Yeah, I figured we'd figure it out now. Yeah. Charlotte, I think, is a red yellow. Not I think that's fair. Shaloris, but Charlotte herself. She I mean, she's definitely red first. But I was like, when she goes, when um she and Teresa meet in her hotel room, like she just she opens the door naked because she just finished having sex with Hector. No, she doesn't she's have shame. not here. Yeah, she has no shame mm-hmm. and she's obviously here for fun. Yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> I I totally get that for Charlotte. Um red yellow. Actually, one thing I was thinking about and I don't mean to jump so quickly. Yeah, but like Ford red, right? But like heavily introverted. Maybe he's red white. Maybe he's the reverse. He's not white red, he's red white. Reverse of what? Man in black. Oh, <laughs> white red for him. <laughs> Um, I just wrote down red. I was like, I he probably doesn't even have a secondary. I don't think he's white secondary. He but doesn't I doesn't get a single fuck. I guess I just see... He's literally just power hungry the whole time until he's like, well, you know what? 
Maybe they should have their own lives, but I'm gonna dictate every single way that they get there except the last one. I guess, but to me, like, a and true then when he red... Had, when he no longer had power, he was like, now I'm ready to die. I guess, but he was also, like... I don't know. I, I think that he was very power-motivated, and, and that was his initial, but I don't see him as a straight red because even though, like, he always had control, it was just so quiet to me. Like, he was never in any way flashy, and a lot of red types I think are very appearance-based. reds are appearance-based. I think introverted reds don't need at all to be acknowledged if they know that they're in control. Maybe. I just, I saw an element of just like this quiet. Okay, so one thing that's true about the white type is they are the ones out of any type, and this is what I've, uh, that they're the ones who will like lie to your face mm -hmm. because they're like, I just, I, I'm not gonna deal with this right now. They'll mm -hmm. just be like, no, and not all. And I think someone like you, like you have half, because you also have a moral blue background, whatever. Um, but I do think that he has this very like quiet stubbornness about him that feels very white to me. And so there's nothing I can necessarily say, but I could agree. I mean, he might just be red. He's certainly main red. And I, I don't think we can argue on yeah. that. But I don't think he, he, I think that more often than not, people are some type of percentage-y thing. Mm -hmm. And so I think if I saw secondaries for him, it would be white. I don't know. And Maybe. also because he's straight logic. Here's what you got to remember about reds and whites are both purely logical. Whites are also purely logical. Like whites yeah. are not, which actually is a good point for men in black. He is, he's, he's kind of emotional. He's kind of emotional. He is kind of emotional. He could be red blue. Men in black? I mean, not red blue. Oh. Red yellow. Yeah, I was thinking he could potentially. But I think Ford, like, I just think he was willing to go about it in such this like, quiet determination way, which maybe could be straight red. Mm -hmm. But I also just think like, you know how Maeve, yeah, she didn't care if she got credit, but like she didn't care about being flashy either. I think- But I think Ford she was extroverted. Maeve is an I extrovert. don't think it's about that. I think Ford made a conscious effort to keep it all quiet. But which, that's the only way his plan would work. I guess. That's the only way that he could, I mean, here's the thing. He didn't need to be flashy because he literally controlled every inch of that place. I know. Like he snaps and everything stops. And he also low-key, okay, actually, let me walk it back. He actually was low-key flashy because when Teresa starts realizing there's like some stuff happening, he invites, not Teresa, um, which one does he take to the restaurant? Shoot. I think it is Teresa. Yeah, it's Teresa. Yeah. He takes her to the restaurant and he like controls, <laughs> yeah, he like controls, <laughs> literally, Controls, yeah. like, the bots around them, and, like, he says, like, oh, I put you at this table because I know this is the exact table and it's exactly what you mm -hmm. ordered when you came here as a child. And it's all power moves. He's all just showing off for power moves. And the fact that he, like, after after Lee comes out with this new narrative and he's just like, no, we're not doing any of mm -hmm. that. I'm just, like, fucking... Powerful, I, I guess so. And I guess... I mean, we're can... agreeing. There's I no know, I know, I agree <laughs> I, I think it's, like, for me, it's the same thing as, like, the devil wears Prada power. I think there's a very specific type of power that seems like it has a backing in someone who seeks peace, like, st in their, inter I guess, it's, like, the people who, they're constantly seeking he, power, but they kind of don't, like, he also literally starts a revolution on purpose. 
Like he yeah. makes he makes the Hosantia on But he kills and himself he so he doesn't have them. to deal with it. That's true. That's what I'm saying. He avoids conflict, is all I'm saying. I feel like he avoided conflict, but in a very much like in a very controlled and controlling way. So I think we could say red, but I still feel like he's I don't know what if, it is. If there was a secondary makes me feel that way. <laughs> but I if feel strongly there was a secondary, I guess it would be white. It doesn't make sense for it to be any of the other ones. Also, Lee is probably a yellow. yellow. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like there's the yellow. There he is. He's got something else though. He's not pure yellow. He's very or maybe he is. He's pretty yellow. He is pretty yellow. I think he's pretty yellow. I mean, it's yeah, he probably does have a secondary. I know, I'm just trying to think of that. Because like, I think secondaries are very, they're I mean, very maybe, important and they're very telling. Because a lot of people, I feel like, I mean, he's the head of narration. I think blue would help with that. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking that he was probably um, red-blue. I also like to think about how people, like, connect with other people in the show. Mm -hmm. And trying to think about that. And that's the thing. He was always very, like, he was always making a little comment. And that's yeah. why I'm like, that's the most yellow thing you can do. Yeah. Just, like, always have a little <laughs> comment. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Good lord. Hector, is he, is he red-yellow? Oh, I literally haven't even. I think he's red-yellow. He's just always following Maeve. I'm like, that's his personality to me. He's following Maeve, doing whatever she's doing. Okay, then he's yellow-red. Great. Do you feel comfortable? Maybe that's why they never put them together. They're yeah. Like, How would we actually have a relationship? They don't with make them? any actual but sense I together. Freaking hate that in TV shows when they're like, we don't know how to put them together, so we're just not going to. And I'm like, no, figure it out. Is Teddy, figure it out. Is Teddy white? Yeah. Okay. I would say so. He might even be white blue. Frankly. I think he might be white blue. Yeah. What did I write? I literally wrote down white blue. Mm hmm. I think he's white blue. But then he, thing. I mean, when Dolores changes his personality unwillingly mm -hmm. that he turns more cold but it's never right like it's never really a personality he just kind of turns into a drone and then kills himself mm -hmm. <laughs> i think that really that was like a pretty big moment for dolores too i'm just like oh yeah like i'm gonna make this i trick. actually can't push everybody to every limit and still have everything go the way i want it to because yeah that's just i certainly understand girl I get it. <laughs> but no, it does not work. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> it's hard with characters on the show, too, because there's, like... like Which ones to even do? Yeah. Like, I think we've done everything, on, everybody on my there's list. Actually, I also, I also typed Teresa. Oh, I didn't... I, but I was, like... I, I said red because of how coldly she cut off her and Bernard's relationship after Ford found out. Mm -hmm. But I also, like, we just didn't see her enough, I feel like, to really yeah, I don't give know her much a good about typing. Her. It's it's always hard um, when you just don't see the characters enough. Yeah. Because even, like, Elsie, I was thinking about her. You don't see her very much. You don't see her very much. What the fuck happened to her? Like, what happened to her after season two? I don't know. Oh, I, I assume she died. I assume she just died in the park. I guess, because yeah. I feel like they would... I really liked her character, though. I, I did. I liked her character Actually, Elsie, I really liked in season one. I liked season one Elsie, too. I was really disappointed. Well, I liked her in season what two What happened to well, her character? Well, even in season... She just didn't have as much to do, I guess. Yeah. I wish um, I wish her character was more dominant. But I also understand why it couldn't have been. Yeah. Like, at the time, I was like, what the fuck? But... I also love how in Westworld, there'll be, like, little plot lines that you're like, what about that one? Like, what happened to that? Mm -hmm. And then they bring it back around. Like, with Elsie, they kind of just 
don't talk about her again. No, they like they stop. mentioned once that her that there's like a tracker that's like in a place where it shouldn't be, and it's her tracker. Mm-hmm. But that's the only thing that they mention until season. No, do you find out at the end of season one? I think you do. No. I think he has the flashback. Well, you think she's dead. You find out that she was killed in season or that she was attacked yeah. in season one, mm-hmm. and then you don't realize that she wasn't killed until season two. You assume she's dead. I also I assume thought... she was dead. Yeah. Um. Oh. You know, like, Ashley Stubbs, the yeah. guy? I thought he was dead, too. The security After guy. After season one. one. I well, just, like, he, assumed he died, he, and he didn't. He was supposed to... Or, no, after season one? No, he's in season... Yeah, he's, a, he's in season two. He's definitely in no, season two. No, I know. Two, he's yeah. in, like, all the... Se- yeah. Because he's actually a host, and it's a whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, but... That, I did not... I didn't, I didn't see that. that one coming. But it makes more sense. I was, like, how the fuck... Have they been just like letting hosts do whatever the fuck they want for so long, and then to realize that Stubbs, who is like the head of security, is a host and mm-hmm. is doing Ford's and Bernard's bidding? Mm-hmm. Well, Bernard unknowingly, but Ford yeah. and Bernard's bidding. I was like, okay, now that makes more sense. Cause I, who is not tracking their shit? You know. I know. Also, something else. Oh my god, why do they not all have EMP weapons? That shook me. I was like, you created robots that can exist even if they are shot mm-hmm. and you don't have weapons that accurately combat that yeah i mean just so stupid so stupid mm-hmm. but anyway <laughs> this is not a good business strategy that's my point and that was my biggest problem with season one but then they made it all make sense because they were like well it's the ip that's really important and with the whole like james delos like they're trying to make people um like live an eternal which is huge right now with aging research like that's something that everybody's focusing on humans should not live forever that is my very much opinion except for me no i (laughs) i would not want to live forever like Mm -hmm. god i agree i think that the idea that we should live to live forever is just because it's really 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 hard to let go of life yeah and Um, like survival instincts have their place like you know that's how species survive is because you have survival instincts we just we just take it way too far sometimes well i i also think the thing is a lot of the people who are trying to live forever are people who are like winning at fucking life like, this is, it's people who have like, enough money and resources that they will be able to really comfortably and happily live forever. But, like, for how long? Forever. When you have $300 billion forever. But, like, not only, okay, say you have $300 billion. You have to support yourself. Yeah. Anyone else in your family who also becomes immortal and yeah. whatever costs are associated with that. So you're supporting multiple generations at a time, and yeah. that generation list is just going to keep adding. It's so much money. Plus you're dealing money. with inflation. It like is so like okay, I, know I guess that, eternally, but like, it could thing, not actually forever. It could but, not be actually. But forever. I just and here's why. Okay, actually forever is I think like kind of a straw man. Of course, nothing can live actually forever. Mm-hmm. Sure, but I do think that with the systems that we have, which is when you have money, it is ridiculously fucking easy to keep making money. Then it's absolutely possible. And yeah, That's there's inflation, point. but it's also it's not like you're spending a billion a year. Yeah, I, I there's no way you're spending even a billion a year on all of those people mm-hmm. because that's you know a really I high rate. It, I could see someone spending. Let's say they were spending like five million a year mm-hmm. on everybody. That's still like that really three hundred times twenty. That many years that they would run out of that money, and that's assuming that they're not making any money at any point. 
So, I mean, those are all very valid points. Those are high numbers that I can't add up. <laughs> it's just a lot. We will not be doing that right now. And that's, yeah, that's 300 years, which is not forever, but that's really, really long. Um, but it's also just very different. And I don't know the net worth of these people, IRL, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm sure that's It's also like, a futuristic society. That's like, a really high guess. But I do think that in the same way, the people who invented the railroads were able to take care of their children for generations. I think the people who are making money like that now could support a family line, quote unquote, indefinitely. Yeah, but the difference is that, like, people with those family lines, like, you're still only supporting, like, maximum three or four generations at a time. But if you're constantly adding new generations, that cost well, is I constantly also, going up. Well, here's another thing. I think you're assuming that there's always going to be new generations added, but if you're immortal, why? I guess that's a good point. Yeah, like, yeah. why would you continue, or even could you have children? But especially, like, I'm sure, okay, we cannot get into, like, the physicalities of could your body give birth as the 3,000 year old but I do think that um <laughs> it, it seems like if you had if you have the people you love if you have the place you have the money of the time why would you keep having children I guess like truly yeah I mean oh I was picturing because like, you have children to extend your life that's would, what people people have children because they can't live forever that's why they have children because they live on through their children. That's why part of why there's a billion reasons why it's so impossible for parents to process their children dying before them. But one of the main reasons is that it's it's the goal of eternity, I think. It's an interesting perspective. I was picturing it as in like a Westworld like Delos situation where once you get to a point, then you turn into an immortal robot, but you're still human in the beginning. So, like, mm. you would still go through the human stages of oh, yeah, having yeah, yeah. a child. I mean, if that is what you would want to do. Yeah. But also, I think that is... I mean, like, maybe eventually it would just, like, you would just run out because eventually someone would be like, nah, fuck that. But, but also, even conceptually, right? I guess if you are going to have those kids knowing that they're also going to grow immortal, that is still something you would do. But I also think for someone like you, for example there's a good chance that you'd just be like, well, I'm going to live forever. Why would I even have kids? Like, what's yeah, the point? Yeah, I mean, maybe. Maybe. Like, you know, and it's, yeah. it, this is all very, very hypothetical. I just think human beings really don't need to live forever. I agree with you. That. I do agree. But I can, I can just see where And that's where I really like, from. at the end of season two, mm -hmm. you see William, like, destroy the Delos project because he's like, you know what? People should die. You should die at the end of your life. Like, we there should, should be die, an yeah. end. Yeah. And he destroys, like, Delos and destroys, like, all the data and stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah, mm. I agree that he's like, this is something humanity shouldn't have. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was really cool, but it didn't really work. Well, the whole thing is the beauty in life is that it ends. There would be no nuance or point to it. It's the same thing, you know, when you're playing your game, like, playing a video game and then you get like a cheat code that gives you a hundred billion dollars in game and now everything is easy for you and so you stop trying. If we knew that we weren't gonna die, I'm like, what would be the point of anything? It takes away all urgency in yourself. Cause half of the reason I think people are motivated to do something is because it's like, you're not gonna live forever. You don't know if you're gonna have time for well, that. Well, also you have to, there are certain things you have to do to stay alive, you know? Mm -hmm. Like you have to eat. To stay yeah. alive, you know? You have to, Which, like, I not wonder, die in a storm. Or if you were in a host, or... if you were, like, a host, you wouldn't. That okay. whole thing would be gone. I don't know if we ever see a host eat. Host don't eat, yeah. Like, we see them drink. We see them drink alcohol and stuff, mm -hmm. but I don't think we ever see them eat. Which I think is very interesting. Because I was also thinking about that. Like, where does it go? 
you know it's liquid like where does it go i think they probably have to pump their stomach at the end it's probably like the te- yeah the tax at night but like maybe okay so in the um when we find out more about the native american tribe mm-hmm. with um oh my gosh what's his name it's like akeda or something like mm-hmm. that and he was alive for i think 15 years before he died mm-hmm. so i'm like well, he didn't eat or drink anything, I'm sure. The only reason that hosts were drinking was because it was pro... Like, it, it wasn't to get drunk. Like, I don't know why he would do it if he was just living on the land, you know? Maybe. Maybe he never ate anything. It just seems like... It's like, why would we eat because we get hungry? We have a drive to do it. Yeah. I don't think they would eat if they didn't have the drive to eat. That's a good point. I don't know. Sometimes... I mean, it's the same thing. Like, I'm thinking, like, Steven Universe, for example. Mm-hmm. The, Which I still have not seen. Oh. <laughs> but the gems, they don't have to eat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, like, two or, like most of them don't. But one of them's like, I love... Eat, I love how it feels. It's great. So mm-hmm. she eats. Yeah. Thinking and, about, like, vampires, which is a genre that does deal with immortality a lot and, like, the mm-hmm. consequences of it. You have two different... I mean, there's lots of different mythologies around vampires, but, like, you have the twilight vampires which mm-hmm. they say they eat but they have to throw it back up later oh like it doesn't work i don't know oh i didn't yeah, yeah sure they sure. like that's why like they don't really eat when they're at school even though they have food but mm-hmm. they have to throw it back up later so it's not very comfortable for them um but then like in vampire diaries as long as we're having blood like our body functions like a human's body so they have to eat not that they have to eat but they process it and like go to the bathroom in the same way mm-hmm. like all of the functions that makes more sense to me honestly than you have to throw it back up that doesn't click for me because are they saying that they literally don't have like i think it just doesn't work anymore a digestive system yeah it's all dead it doesn't work anymore like the cells are dead i mean i suppose I mean, Gosh. it gets really. We healthy. have no real world data to when you start thinking about because this is all hypothetical. But same thing for hosts. The thing is, their machinery, and so it's not like yeah, there's dead that's anything. why I was like the fact that they're liquids. They're constantly in liquid, you know. And I'm like, wow, dude, that those computers must be really waterproof. Yeah, no, I mean they have to be, but also like these, the hosts, their bodies have to work somewhat similar like to a human because first off, need. well, yeah, they're sexual also. So they yeah. have to have all the sex organs. So like why that? Would... I'm like, what does a robot vagina look like? The same as a human. The ideal human vagina is what those hosts' vaginas look like. They must, yeah. They have to. I wonder they if have they make to. them different. And like with penises too, like they, you know, grow and shrink. That would have to happen also. Hydraulics. In... Probably, bro. Mm-hmm. Probably. But yeah. I think one other theme that is common throughout Westworld that I thought was interesting is, like, this idea that to be conscious is to suffer, mm-hmm. which is, like, a very Buddhist idea. I, I, I feel that. I think I that's, agree, I yeah. think that there's, like, a lot of truth to that idea that our natural state of existence is suffering, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, if you think about it, back us up no. way back to, like, early humans. They had, every minute of their day was spent Okay, how on earth are we gonna get enough food, how are we water, survive? and yeah. shelter, and defense in order to actually make it through the night? That's a constant state of suffering, you know. Mm-hmm. And like, even and I feel like you see these rise in anxiety and depression, and it's because, or I mean, not it's because, I theorize that part of it is because we have this instinct of we should be suffering all of the time because that's the normal state of humanity, and then we take out a lot of the 
time that is needed like a lot of the time that's required to get food and drink and all of that stuff has been mm -hmm. minimized now or I mean it's different because we have specialization of labor and jobs but anyway like we live more comfortable lives now mm -hmm. than we did in the past and our brains are still suffering because we still have this I that is so interesting like, I I have never attributed to that I've actually attributed the anxiety and depression coming from the apathy in that we don't have these tests because okay so here's the thing existence suffering for me existence and suffering does not just reference hard work i think that hard work is actually very very valuable and i think yes. that existence and suffering doesn't necessarily to me just mean like so you have to try hard to live i guess like i do see what you're saying but for me the existence and suffering has to do with the fact of your village might get flooded tomorrow. Everything could catch on fire. A boar could eat your baby. Mm -hmm. You are you have no control over what you lose. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the part uh, that I've always clicked to of existence is suffering. That it's about how you feel. So I guess if you're someone who hates so working, but like for me, suffering, yeah, it, it has to do with that. It has to do with your reactions and how you're feeling. So for me, actually the specialization of labor and the fact that we don't have to work for our food is actually a very negative effect and i think that's what's causing like it's very interesting because i see what you mean and i'm like that does make sense to mm -hmm. me but i kind of feel the opposite we're just like always prepared for something to go wrong yeah i do okay and i think the anxiety absolutely but i think a lot of i guess the depression comes from the fact that we don't have to actually work hard to get anything and that instant gratification has become kind of the language of everything now mm -hmm. and that's part of why our brains find it so difficult to find fulfillment because i do think even if existence is suffering like people back then i'm sure still felt fulfilled sometimes like they would look yeah. at the sun and be like and like you Dang. see that in like hunter-gatherer societies today like mm -hmm. they don't i mean it's hard to say whether or not they have rates of mental illness mental you don't illness have you just it's don't like how do it. you like measure it when you're not speaking the same language and like you don't have the same concepts and like it's very difficult to measure so i think that's obviously part of but it I but i also i mean okay so first off i think that mental health issues are like obviously a real thing but i think what it really has to do with is the way things are set up i guess mm -hmm. more so than like because i i for me it's very difficult to say there is a typical or average brain yeah you know and so that's why it's very hard for me to be like oh this is not typical but I'm like, well, maybe all humans don't want to sit in the same place for 10 hours a day. Maybe that's kind of fucked up for humans to do, yeah. frankly. Um, because I think that a lot of humans are missing that aspect of, I think, what you were defining suffering as. I think we're missing it because mm -hmm. there is nothing that's letting you. You're like, you're made like you don't yeah, have you to survive. That's yeah. part of, I mean, I think that's like a theme of like part of being human is to go through trials and mm -hmm. to like experience things that are incredibly uncomfortable to the yeah. extreme and 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 that's why all of the best cornerstone memories are tragic ones we don't yeah. actually know what dolores's is right her cornerstone memory mm, i don't think they ever reveal i that. don't know if she had one there is a good oh, chance she is that it was early. like wyatt was became her cornerstone oh Whatever. escalante yeah the fact that they call it Escalante, because, like, that's where it gets escalated. That's where oh. both in the past and, like, now it gets escalated. I thought that was very interesting. Um, <laughs> but, 
But anyway, yeah. But this idea of like to be human and suffer, it is to suffer, but also like the path to enlightenment is to accept that mm -hmm. you need to try for things and not move towards like materialist mm -hmm. ideas. Cause like moving towards materialism and moving towards finding something that gives you pleasure. Mm -hmm. These are, when I was reading about Buddhism, it's those are always going to end badly because pleasure and happiness are fleeting, you know, like yeah. suffering is the constant mm -hmm. and it's such a harsh word, but it's true. Like, no, it is. Yeah. Suffering is the, is like the baseline. Longing. And then you have moments of happiness. Rapturous or, glee. Yeah. Like that's what emotions are is their deviations from the baseline. I mean, mm -hmm. kind of. Um, mm -hmm. And, and so I think having all of the hosts and like the fact that the hosts were be able to come, were able to become so sentient because mm -hmm. of all of the horrors that they had faced also like you they just like blend it really well yeah and then in the third season obviously they talk about how the human race has gone like too far in in the direction of material goods mm -hmm. and instant gratification yeah. and all of that kind of stuff which like we've talked about is problematic there's no doubt about yeah. it because it is it's true and i think because we were kind of disagreeing at the beginning but i also think we we're kind of like not kind of saying the same yeah, thing, like, thing differently. Like, yeah. But I, I do feel like like the fact that human society was like, yeah, let's make this new brand of consciousness and what we're gonna do with it is make it a theme park. Like that is wild. That's the most like consumerist thing it that is. you can do. It's like let's make money. What can we profit? Which like I mean that's kind of how you have to do it. Arnold never seemed like that was really his goal. I mean his goal was to create consciousness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, For I also think, reason. So, which is, I, I will say, like, that is a little bit narcissistic. Like, there's a reason. And I know it's like, he lost his son, so he wanted, like, a new kid or whatever. But I'm just like... Well, that's especially At selfish. what cost? I am out. I'm like, it's very selfish. It is selfish. It's selfish. Yeah. Just have another kid. Well... Your dick works. I... <laughs> Presumably. Presumably, yes. But I think a lot of marriages don't stay together after... There are other women. There are other women! That's true. If he has this job, you know he's got money. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I, well maybe not early on because they didn't have any investors yet. This was pre-Delos. Yeah, but they Arnold still had like 20 robots. How, where'd yeah. they get that funding? Yeah. Which government entity paid for those robots to get made? Yeah. That's a question I want to see answered, actually. I, what I government wish. agency? No, like how, how they actually got it? funding. And yeah, that would be like a West Wing type show. It's <laughs> just like lobbying the government. Oh my god! In order to get, I mean, um, they probably. Well, when I first saw Westworld, I was like, this made the mo the content the context that this makes the most sense in in my brain is it being some kind of training ground, because that's where that's the instance in which you need to be that's the most practical instance in which you need to be able to harm people without actually harming people yeah. so when they revealed that park five was for military and presumably police training that i was like sense. oh okay like you could totally sell mm -hmm. that to the government the military you could be like yes give us you know a few billion dollars to develop something in a few years and then they'll just be like Sure. Yeah. Sounds good. Like, that does seem like something that would happen. Yeah, man. I agree. I want, I kind of want a prequel, but I also kind of don't. Like, we already have the emotional prequel, I guess. I also don't think that 
that's out of I think that's, that's very possible. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they jump around in time a lot. I think they're definitely going to jump into the far future at some point because they've had a couple clips that are from the far future of the Emily host talking to the William host. Mm -hmm. The One of the showrunners said, like, that's in the far, far future. Mm -hmm. So there's definitely going to be some playing around and yeah. stuff. But I, I hope am... they go back and do the, do the original stuff. And hopefully, I think just the hope, because I, I think, yeah, Westworld is good. I think it's a really good show. Yeah. I think it brings up a lot of interesting points. I don't love the direction they took it in, but also, you it have also to take it in a direction, sense. and it's hard. I, yeah. like, writing a show be happy. is difficult. Yeah, not everyone's going to be happy. But I'm really curious and excited to see what they do for season four. Because yes. I would, like, at this point, I'm like, okay, if we're going to expand, let's go full into expanding. Mm -hmm. I think that was my thing that I kind of, I didn't feel like it was, I I don't know. I, mostly I you think wanted it's, more out of the modern world? Yeah, I want to understand more about the modern world, I guess. Oh, I felt like it was so, so much of it made sense already. So I was like, this yeah. whole, the AI knowing everything about you and giving you a secret social credit score. Mm -hmm. and I mean, I'm like, yeah, that, that happens. Like, I, I literally have a credit score. It's, yeah. Just not yeah, so well, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's for finances. But that, I mean, that causes its own it's problems. Thing, like, yeah. there are tons of, like, people who can't get the loans they need because mm -hmm. of their credit score. As well as random things affect your credits. Anyway. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> we, I mean, <laughs> we no, I, I, I just mean to say, like, what I loved about season one of Westworld is the nuance of the world that was communicated through the actions of the characters, the, you know, the callousness and the, I guess it was just, it felt very raw, it felt very organic. And by season three, it was just that I, I felt like it was so busy being a spy thriller that mm. I was missing the smaller world moments. Mm. that's how I felt about it. So it's not to say that they didn't, like, explore the world. It was just that I felt like I didn't get to, like, sit in things in the same way I got to sit in them when the show started. I, yeah, I think part of that is because it was just too fucking complicated. There was too much It was too on. complicated. Yeah. It did not need to be that complicated with that mm -hmm. many characters. Like, it just didn't. But I, I liked what they were trying to do. And I also thought Serac, like, was a very interesting character. He's the mm -hmm. one who, he and his brother yeah. built Rehoboam. Rehoboam, Balam, and he was working <laughs> with Maeve, and he was working. Yeah. I mean, she working was with like yeah. controlling. There are two different ways. That's also why Maeve's character arc in the third season was so lame because it was like she was just being controlled by somebody else, and I'm like, she wouldn't be yeah. doing that. Mm -hmm. Like, she just wouldn't do. She's too smart for that. Yeah. But I thought that was interesting. Rock's motivations were really interesting in terms of him being like, I want to save the world by controlling it, mm -hmm. but because I have all of this data showing that we're about to implode on ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I see where you're going. Mm -hmm. I see what you're trying to do here. It's Ford 2.0. It's not going to fucking work. Yeah. I mean, works. Ford was like, just wanted to make his own world. Whereas Ciroc is like, Ciroc, he builds a god and then he oh, like submits to the god. Like you mm -hmm. find out in near the end that he has Rehoboam, Rehoboam's voice in his ear mm -hmm. the entire time. Like everything he says, Rehoboam is telling him to say. That's just wild. He's literally just like, yeah, obviously humans aren't can't, aren't trustworthy enough to, with our own future, so I'm going to give everything over to you. And I'm like, damn. And I'm just not into the idea, because obviously free will in a way, I mean, does it exist? But I do think I don't like the idea of 
someone actively, even if it's a machine who has all the data telling me exactly what to do and who to be. You know, and I think most, a lot of people fall into that, but it is an age old debate. Um, like for example, which I hasn't finished the giver. Um, I have not giver, finished the giver, but I am reading it again. But there's a, basically a debate of, would you rather live in a hyper-controlled society where you're not allowed to feel to the extent that you would expect mm -hmm. to? You're not allowed to choose certain things. The your partner is picked for you. Your home is picked for you. Your job is picked for you. Everything is picked for you. Or would you rather be able to make those mistakes knowingly, you know, acknowledge that you're going to mess up your life and still move forward with it? Because I think there's so much more gratification in getting to ruin your own life than there is <laughs> being told how it yeah. will best go. Well, I think that's definitely true. I mean, that's the even if it's the best thing. everyone's advice. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's the reason. Yeah, like people do drugs and people spend all their time on their phones and be and so it, it is hard. It's like a thin line. Like how do you save people from themselves versus how do you just let people I don't know, let humanity implode. It's like if we're going to implode, it's our choice to implode. Yeah. Which I don't know if yeah. that's optimistic. I mean, no, negative. I, mean, I think that I, kind of is the lesson of the third yeah. season that it's better to be able to choose than to go by somebody else's system. But the yeah. other thing is, is, like, who knows if Rehobo One was even fucking right? You know, mm -hmm. like people have been predicting the end of the world since forever. I know it hasn't happened yet, so clearly Still we're doing something waiting. right. <laughs> But what do you, I actually am curious, so at one point, so Roha Wong has everybody's information on everybody, and that includes predictions for the future. So, like, for Caleb, they were like, oh, he's going to descend into depression and eventually kill himself, and that's why he can't get any jobs, because mm -hmm. they're like, why would we invest in someone who's going to kill himself, mm -hmm. and, like, all of this stuff. And then Dolores makes all of the information public. Or not mm -hmm. public, but as in, like, everybody gets their own profile. So, like, mm -hmm. I would get my predictions from what Rehoboam is saying mm -hmm. that is going to happen to me. And I'm curious what your perspective is on if that was a moral thing to do. I do. Well, oh, that is difficult. Because yeah. it's, like... Not, not shutting it down. I think we're agreed that shutting it yeah. down is a good thing. But... Or are we agreed that... No, shutting, yeah. yeah. Okay, no, shutting it down is I, a good I just thing, think... but do people... Do people have a right to know what some machine predicted for them? And do you, and if they don't have a right, do you still think that they should be able to? Yeah, I, I don't know about a right. I, but it's also, it's hard for me. Like, do we have a right to anything? Even if it is about ourselves, Yeah. do we? So I don't know about that. But I guess my thinking in terms of that is that it's hard, but I, I would like to know. I would like to know because if it's going to say an awful thing about me, if it's saying that I'm going to delve into depression and kill myself, I want to know so I can start making life changes. Because whether or not that's going to happen, I do think trending data is like important. And I don't think it's an end all be all. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it means it's 100% going to happen. But I do think that if you give people the opportunity to know where their data is headed, ideally and hopefully, a lot of people would use that information. In a to way. yeah affect the way they're gonna treat the rest of their life and that might not be like totally accurate mm -hmm. for everybody I think a lot of people it might just be like oh well what's the point in trying because I know this is not going to work for me yeah but I do think it is but it's also like if that's their mindset they probably yeah. weren't, weren't gonna deviate from the path anyway exactly I think in a way I think it's morally right to have given people access um i think it specifically because i think if it was public knowledge 
that would be a very different yeah, thing. Yeah, morally that would be different. Yeah. So I think from my understanding it is not public knowledge. Yeah. Everybody has their own. Yeah. So I feel like if the debate if we're going along with this thought process that everyone at least should have a right to understand mm -hmm. or, I don't know, uh to understand what's happening to them and where their life is headed then like yeah. I think that for the people for the first people that opened it you know like if you mm -hmm. happened to be on your phone when the alert went out and you didn't know what it was and you opened it and then all of a sudden it was the prediction of your life like that's very unfortunate that's terrifying that's yeah. very unfortunate but i do think that like giving people the option to see if they want to see their future i think is right i don't know that i would though I understand. I don't that. know that I would look at it. I think it would take me a long time to look at the it if is, I ever did. Because I kind of feel like I'd look at it and then it would probably ruin my life. Like it would mess me up. Yeah. And I know that. But it's the same thing of like, do you ask a fortune teller how you're going to die? But that's why I would feel more comfortable with this machine because this machine is not a fortune teller. It is a machine. And machines make mistakes as much as humans make mistakes. That's actually one of the biggest problems of the data age that we, that we have... <laughs> all this information but like nothing is perfect like we still can't optimize everything yeah and so i i do think like also though if the knowledge is out there i gotta like i don't know what percentage but i feel like a lot of people would look at it like whether or not they wanted to because the thing is it's not one choice right it's the choice every day for the rest of your life yeah like next month when you're having a horrible day are you like do i think about it because it's always there in your brain then yeah that's part of why i'd want to open it to just like stop myself from that suffering but then everything that's on there will be in, on your in your brain yeah i know but like there's no there's the no un unknown is worse for me i would say and i don't know if that's like objectively true but i hate the unknown it was actually something one of the first lion the witch the wardrobe books um there's this passage right at the beginning where these kids come across this box and they're like in the box there's like an inscription that says something like you can press this button you don't know what will happen or you can leave but then you'll never know what it would have done and they leave they don't do it and i'm like that oh god Did not know i think it would and i don't i don't know that that would kill me yeah and i think that's fair i think if you're able to move past it excellent <laughs> i just don't know if i'd be able to move past it yeah, and because i wouldn't take that machine's belief as my god that's part of why i think it would be easier like i wouldn't i don't think i would look at my predetermined fate and say you're like oh yeah that's happening i would be like okay and then i would move <laughs> forward like Fuck you i think i would have a much easier time processing knowing than not knowing but that is different for everybody yeah i i definitely wouldn't look at it right away if I knew what it was again like if you're in that unfortunate group of people that didn't know what it was when you opened it then I'm very sorry that you didn't get to choose but um if I didn't if I knew what it was I think I probably would eventually look at it but it would take a long time before it did mm -hmm. and I'd probably set up some therapy appointments afterwards to talk about it <laughs> that's so fair dude I would I feel like I would probably think about it for like 15 20 minutes I'd be like no and then i put my phone on do not disturb and then as soon as i was i'd be like okay let's go let's go let's go um <laughs> but it is one of those things it's that like you can't help yourself and at the end of the day we are going to die so at the same yeah. point it's like knowing how you're gonna die how much is that actually gonna change about your life it's not even knowing also knowing it's like, what it's, it's like, like predicting yeah that is what it's predicting mm -hmm. yeah it's so true it's crazy. That's crazy. This this show really takes you on a roller coaster. It really does. All three seasons are like it makes you think. I love shows yeah. like that that really like make you think about 
yourself human in the essence nature. of humanity and human nature and how we are all terrible and wonderful and it's just yeah all of it like, yeah literally time. also this is not if you haven't seen everything everywhere all at once i have not please yet. go see it is like <laughs> the best movie and in fact i think um we should like talk about it because okay. it says all of those themes but i would argue better interesting yeah and and i think they deal with that choice and free will using the multiverse which is really really excellent and mm. it, it that movie like changed the way i saw the world for the next couple yeah. of weeks and i love that you know yeah and that happens it means it like meant something yeah it actually meant something um but yes i think westworld is a really interesting show in how they deal with all these concepts and how they don't like hammer it in too. Yeah. You can well, just like I will say at the end of season three, how you're talking about is too on the nose, like what the whole like free choice versus determined whatever, I think that was definitely hammered in very strong. Like a little too strongly. Yeah. No, I agree. I would say, okay, at the beginning, I guess. Um it feels season like one. Season one. Season one, the true Westworld. <laughs> but we will see what season four, because you know, shows have come back and, and it's not like this show is completely wrecked. I think it's no. just it got boring. Frankly. I think I think, yeah, I think there are certain elements that they can clean up about the show and I think that the first season is just so elegant that it's like almost unreasonable to have those expectations mm -hmm. for future seasons because it just—it's very, very rare to have something. It was also that's so source elegant. material, which I mean, they—they they took yeah, it very they, far past the source. Are material? the next seasons related to like the book and the movie? I don't believe so. Okay, well that would. Also I think I do think sure. that the second movie is kind of an uprising. Mm -hmm. In the uh, which is kind of what the second season follows, but yeah. you know, <laughs> second season is definitely an uprising. But we will—we'll have to check it out. Yeah, I'm excited to see it. Mm -hmm. It comes out soon. June something. June. It comes out in June. <laughs> Surely Sometime after in this June. video. Um, but yeah, let us know what you guys think about the first three seasons and the fourth season. Does it does it hold up? Is it a good fourth season? Does it bring the characters back? I'm most hopeful for yeah, Maeve's. Uh, and Maeve needs a good storyline. Mm -hmm. It's been too long. I don't know if we'll get it. I, I'm ideal. I don't know. But yeah, DM or message or tweet or whatever, um, or comment wherever you're accessing. I think most of you won't be able to comment. Uh, but thanks for listening to our first episode. Um, this is great. This is dope. We hope you enjoyed it. See like, you later. Hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>